So I thought I was the queen of Airbnb. Check the profile. I visited all the places. However, how can I truly be a queen if I have never been a host? Didn't even think about it, y'all. It's time to think about it because my place is cute. Why not share? I know. I got you thinking about it now. All right. Well, don't think about it. Be about it. Find out how you can be a host at airbnb.com slash host. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple. 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Hi, it's Sugar Steve from Questlove Supreme. If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So, check out Discover Cashback Debit a game-changing checking account with cash back on everyday debit card purchases. That's right, cash back isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cash back. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. Questlove Supreme is a production of iHeartRadio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of Grand Imperial. Another edition? Wait, I don't feel too encouraged when you guys are snickering behind my back. I, I'm, you know, that's that's words rappers say, you know. The effervescence. No, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Questlove Supreme. My name is Questlove. Uh, we have Team Supreme with us. Uh, Snicker in light ear. No, that makes me sound like the the, the <laughs> person that leads our world with his weak ass uh, <laughs> mm. weak ass rips. That word is too big uh, for him. But go ahead. Yeah, I, I know exactly. How you doing, Laia? <laughs> I'm doing good, contrary to the world. No, <laughs> no, I'm doing no. Actually, no. I'm I'm doing I'm doing good. I'm I'm feeling good about about life and whatnot. That's cool. You know what I'm, I'm talking to uh, y'all, so it always makes me Steve. Yes, I know this is this is the highlight of uh you know I, I, I look forward to these conversations. I really with, do, yeah. With my friends nerd now. Uh Sugar <laughs> Steve, how you doing? Hey Quest, hey team Supreme. How are you, Steve? <laughs> I'm feeling real good right now. Yeah. You know, it's been a long time since we asked you about your sugar network. What's what's the haps of the sugar network since wow. quarantine? Funny you should ask. We just ended season three. And began yes. season. We just uh, started season four, which is the Blueberries Network. Say so what now? Blueberries. You're going to pretend after three years you don't know how the Sugar Network works. Like That's right. I'm sorry. Yes, everybody gets a, a season. I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah. So we're on, we're on season. <laughs> we, we're on season four, but we've only been around for like two and a half years. But we're already on season four, and uh, the new founder is Blueberries. So you can find him at Blueberries. It's the Blueberries Network. For season four thank you for but asking. you're still the executive producer right yeah i'm the original founder sugar steve it's yeah it's named after you i've seen that and uh fontagolo i'm good brother i'm good how's, how's it down uh north north Kakalek? it's cool man um i think the governor said that they're about to do um phase what they call it phase 2.5 or something so like now they're starting to open some gyms so like gyms Uh-oh. can open at like 30 percent capacity um, I think restaurants can open at like 
20%, some crazy. My ass is still in the house, so this shit means nothing <laughs> to me. But <laughs> but that's y'all don't have the what gyms, we're moving in. The gyms out here uh doing the little outside thing, like they going into the parking lot too. Yeah, some of oh, them the gyms were. are outdoors. Yeah, yeah some of them yeah. were. Yeah. 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 yeah, some of them were. They were actually uh, actually my gym for a minute. They were kind of doing it outside. But um, I don't know. I, I think it kind of fell off. But I don't know. Just being around a bunch of people just breathing hard and sweating like that just does not seem like a good life plan. So, um, yeah, so I just been sticking to my old man walks in the evening. And uh, let's hear it for old man walks. Yes. Yeah. Just I hit my walk, bro. Get my 10,000 steps in. <laughs> oh, that's what's up. You're getting your 10,000. That's, that's what's up, man. Yeah, though I'm, I'm still every morning. Still, are you still every morning, six o'clock in the morning? Rick, Rick Rubin put me up to the task, and I'm still doing it. Ten thousand a day. That's great, wow. man. Wow. Yeah. Fuck up. That's yeah, dope. I, I'm trying to uh, unleash my inner strict uh, Rona bug, and I'm actually going to get on a plane. Wow! Really? Are you coming I, yeah. back to see your people? See your mom? My mom is turning seventy, and I'm like, ain't can't miss that. So I'm so a garbage. Man, Sai actually flew from uh LA. She she did that flight. She flew from LA to DC. Hmm. And she said it was actually it ain't it ain't that bad. Like it was okay. it was cool. No, so, you know. it's all good. I'm gonna make sure I eat everything I need to eat before I get on the plane. Don't drink nothing, you know. And if I do, I got my Clorox wipes, I'm gonna have my gloves, I'm gonna have my mask, I'm gonna have my shield, and I'm, I ain't gonna we touch are all Naomi. Are Campbell. you flying JetBlue? <laughs> no, I'm gonna probably do do my mama's my mama's courier, United. Oh, okay. The one that has, you know, housed and fed me for 40-something years. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. it's United. I forgot. <laughs> yeah, is. I forgot that. Yeah. Hey, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that this particular episode of Quest Love Supreme is being brought to you by Mazda. Um, I got to say shout out to Mazda for letting me uh, test drive their CX-30. I got to say, it's my first grown man car <laughs> that I personally drove myself. <laughs> Oh, that's um, like one of those CUVs, right? Like they got SUV, they had SUVs, but now they got it's like the CUVs. crossover. The crossover kind of yeah. is that, yeah. yeah, yeah. But you know, like when I get in it, like I, I my driving experience doesn't uh, warrant a turnaround. Like, what's that? I never for cars that I drive. You know what I'm saying? Most cars that I drive are, yeah, just know, real look like they should kinda... be on the set of Pee Wee's Playhouse. But <laughs> I got to say, this, this is kind of official. I, I enjoy driving it. And uh, good luck in trying to get this car back from me, Mazda. Oh. I appreciate that. No, I'm playing. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, look, it is what it silly. is. It's comfortable. And plus, you know, I'm on I'm on the farm driving uh, two hours every day to the city. And, you know, this is where I, I, I listen to all my favorite podcasts and my audio books and my meditation stuff. So. Yeah, this this came right in time. I, I appreciate. Yeah, I follow this. you on Spotify, and I saw you listening to something oh, the other that's night. That's a good idea, like some, some meditation, some. I was like, "What the hell is this?" Amir's playing. Yo, man, yo, I was I, I was forgot, listening to something. I forgot that Spotify actually snitches on what I listen to. Oh my god, I'm about yeah, to follow you right now. You too, Fonte. Can I follow you too, Fonte? Yeah, you follow me. Okay. Um, you, I you ain't gonna see me listening to nothing but the Brandy album for them. Listen. <laughs> You love it Yo, like that? I forgot. The world can Yo. see what I'm listening to because all I'm listening to is the meditation stuff. Yeah. And it, but I mean, it'd be the time, too. So it'll be, it's not, you know, I mean, it'll be like damn two o'clock in the morning. It'd be late. And so I'd see. I'll say that from midnight till like 11 in the morning. I, that's my meditation hours. 
So you got to get them uh, to change this picture, though. They got your Philadelphia experiment picture. I don't even know who that person is. Yeah. No, not not you follow my see people follow. Always look for Questlove. No, you yeah, got to follow my my my. Uh, oh, your government. The government. My gov- government name. Oh, shoot. Our, Emil K. Thompson is right there. You are so right. Yeah, oh, wow. that's, that's how you. Amir, I don't think people know this because that's why your listeners are different. You got okay. Now, we'll talk I know. About yeah, like only only for certain people know. Yeah, know. It's, it's, yeah, that's only for Cuban Link niggas, cause <laughs> exactly only for yeah. certain. <laughs> only for certain niggas. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly why I did that. Exactly. Yeah. No, it's, it's good to hear that you're you're uh, facing your fears, Laia. I, I too. Yeah. Am going to get on a plane tomorrow. Um, ain't you been getting on a plane? Don't play me. Play Lotto. No, I, I've <laughs> not been on a plane since. Uh, so you drove because y'all drove to the, the, all the Chappelle oh, I've been, shows, right? I've, I've been driving to Ohio um, mm-hmm. yeah. since that time period. I have questions about what y'all doing up there. Y'all doing something productive out there? I am. Okay. What do you mean? What do you want to <laughs> know what I'm I, I'm not just you. I was just curious. I, I didn't know how, how to ask, but I, I see all the pictures posted and I see, all, you know, all the you nice see, soulful yeah, celebrities. The, and I'm just wondering, since we, you know, we're in an interesting state of the world, are y'all like actually talking about things that could help, you know, since y'all are powerful individuals? Well, <laughs> I mean, it's not G13, but uh, Why not? I, w- <laughs> I will say that uh, a good four to five hours is pretty much... Um, I don't know when these episodes are coming to be, or I don't know if it belongs to Quali or if Dave owns the content. <gasps> but uh, you um, recording podcast, dude. Um, oh my god! I told you that's what they was doing. I told you it it's was about <laughs> yeah. It's I, at this rate, I think he has. I no lie, I think there's about forty hours of content. Yo, nickel. We're releasing our Dave Chappelle episode. Fuck that. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. Oh, man. I'm just saying. Well, it's not. That's the thing. I don't think Dave has a platform, but this is going to go somewhere someday. But uh-huh. um, the last time I did it, last time it was a really good episode. Like most, like basically each episode is most quality Dave. Like they're the anchors. Those three are the anchors. And then me. Um, and whatever comedian, uh, Kevin Hart, uh, sometimes, uh, oh, Kevin Hart, Bill Burr was last time before that was John Hamm, Common, Tiffany Haddish. And, uh, you know, but I, I will say that, yeah. And it's, it's, it's not just, uh, what I won't say, uh, it's not just us. I don't want to say fluffing. No, it's, it's right. not, um, it's us. It's not a circle jerk. Yeah, it's not. A, yeah, it's actually us holding people's feet to the fire, like everything that, including an hour about you know Quali's situation with the with social media and all that stuff. Like, sh- shit got real. So mm. I don't good. know when or where it's coming or how it's coming or whatever. But I mean, um, I mean, besides that, um, Dave actually is taking over his his town. I gotta commend him. Like. He has the resources and the governor's blessing to, you know. Um, and Ohio is very important, people. which is another answer, you know, another reason I was asking, especially in the election. Sorry. Swings. Oh, swing very state. important. Yeah. 
but it's yeah he's you know he has medical people on standby he's testing testing his audience testing his guests and then once you do that i mean you just yeah it's it's rather incredible well, that Incredible is nice enough for me to go back a third time. But well, I, I, do hope, <laughs> I also do hope that y'all figure out some other things to do, like some things like similar to what LeBron is doing. I know everybody doesn't have LeBron money, but on some levels of opening up stadiums and figuring out how we're going to get people out to vote and whatnot in comfortable places and safe spaces, anything that could help the cause. You know what I'm saying? Outside of just some good conversation. But I appreciate the conversation as well. Well, all I can do on my end is raise money. So, I mean, pretty and all much. All I could do is tell you and you tell them and then, you know, work it out. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm certain that that's on his mind. I mean, that, that's that been discussed. I don't know what his direct plans are for November. But, yeah. you know, right yeah. now I'm, I'm a member of team. When we all vote, we're registering about 37,000 people every okay. night. Okay. So DJ sets. That's good. Um, yeah, just trying to. We can win as long as we keep our heads to the sky. Just this whole renewed sense of optimism is what I feel. Yes. No, I, 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 I do have optimism. What I'm, what I'm more worried about. Um, I mean, I'd be lying if I didn't say that I was, wasn't worried about the transition period. Like, November oh, actually, to him actually getting out from November, November to, to January, January. Yeah. win or lose like you know he wins yeah November to January is hell or the next four years is hell um yeah. but lose you know who knows what that transition will be like for those three months I'm borderline hoping that he I predict that he's going to I, I realize you can lose the presidency if you remove the uh, goalposts of the election day. So if he moves the election day, mm-hmm. then instantly um, Pelosi becomes president. And so I think in his head, it's like, I'd rather be removed than lose than to the election. Lose, yeah. Right. So that's, oh, that's going to be another, that's another theory. Oh my God. This that's man, what I'm hoping. It's well, so, I'm saying that he, yeah, yeah he'll plan it as the Democrats force me out and da, 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 da. Like, so that's what I'm hoping for. But, it, you know, of course, that they follow the law, but they've been lawless 99% of the time. So we'll, we'll <sighs> yeah, they ain't work. followed the shit yet. Why not? Yeah. Why like, start how, now? Yeah. how much mail y'all getting? But I'm, I'm just saying I ain't getting the mailers like I used to. <laughs> right. <Anybody>? Exactly. <laughs> I got. I actually got my mail today. My mail's been running pretty smooth. But, yeah, it's, yeah this shit is nuts. <laughs> so let's get to our episode. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, today... Our esteemed guest is a is a G. That's right. He's a multi Grammy Award winning and Emmy Award winning. Not I'm sorry, not ghetto, but you're 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 a G. <laughs> I have a Soul Train Award. Does that go in there somewhere? Yes. That doesn't count. That's yes. right. you're a seg. <laughs> you have a Soul Train Award. I have a Soul Train Award. Yeah. I'm jealous, yo. From the last <laughs> and. Don was still alive when I got it. Oh, wow. wow. I got a real one. I got a real one. Oh, are you okay, Amir? You, you, how you doing? No, I'm not okay. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that intro, ladies and gentlemen. Robert Glasper. <laughs> yes, I love it. I love Save it. I'm tired of this, y'all. Oh, sorry about that. Whatever. Uh, look, I got a one, we, bro. We I got all a one, tired, man. I got a one month old little girl. When that happened, shout out to congratulations. Enough, enough said. Y'all already know. 
Dude. Quarantine. Yeah. Yeah, bro. Wow. All that. All that. <laughs> nah, that was that was cuffing season. Do, do the math. That's cuffing season. <laughs> wow. Wow. Oh, you got man. One month old. Man, congratulations, bro. Well, I have no thank you, bro. Thank you, man. What's up, Steve? What's up? Congratulations, Robert. How you doing? I'm good. Can't complain. Can't complain. Wait, good let me shit. all right. Let, let's let our listeners know for those that don't know, because it will be a bunch of inside jokes and, you know, oh, yeah, a lot. Will be, there's going to be a no, lot. Of, so literally, news. yeah, our, our guest today is, uh, he's literally worked with the best of them. Name him. Uh, Tip, uh, Michelle Diego Cello, Dilla, Badu, the Jill, Sc- Jill Scott, Jay-Z. Tommy. Have we worked, worked together? Oh, my fault. We did. Oh, y'all did the, y'all did I forgot. the, uh, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, the yeah. Cover right, right, right. With Solange. Solange. Yeah, yeah. Solange. Oh, and Fonte. Yeah, uh, we did. Yeah, we did. Yeah, so, hey, uh, yeah. and way to, way to circle back. Speaking, our our theme today is having renewed sense of optimism, <laughs> and our guest actually covered Optimistic. "Sound of Blackness," immortal classic, optimistic. optimistic. <laughs> That's with right. Brandy, with who has a album out right now. Yes, with Brandy and August Green featuring uh, Common and Kareem Riggins. Right. Um, and probably one of the craziest, funniest people I know, ladies and gentlemen, welcome Robert Glasper. Finally, yes, sir. Finally, yeah, first love. It's been long overdue. We should have been doing this. It's but can we just tell, to, for the people that's listening, we should tell them the only reason it's taking this long is because Amir always wanted to be in the studio in a really banging ass studio with Robert, and that's the only reason we haven't made this happen back, yet because we're supposed to be an electric we, lady somewhere. Back <laughs> when we thought we had like hopes and dreams of like jam sessions and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I kept looking. I kept looking at my resume like, God damn it, am I good enough to be on this? One more Grammy. I thought we were friends. I don't... Yes. Wait a minute, yeah, Robert. Wait, time out. Okay, so I just I pulled up your Wikipedia page. Oh, Jesus. have you seen your uh-huh. Wikipedia page lately? I, I haven't seen it lately. Is it weird? All right. What's with this photo? The photo that they got for your Wikipedia. <laughs> is it with the dreads? Is it when you still had the dreads? Right, just look at him. It's it's like his Sears Roebuck catalog pose. <laughs> oh, I gotta look. Damn. It's the Raekwon. You know when Raekwon puts the the the, the temple. <laughs> His uh, index oh, finger on his temple. Oh, that oh, yeah, one. That, that yeah. one. Yeah. 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 I'm not proud of that. I'm it's not the, proud yeah. of that. We, I think we all have one of those poses, that yeah. picture with that pose. Yeah. Like, because when yeah, you're yeah. deep in thought, that's my, exactly what you do, right? You put that your was doing my time where it. I was really fighting against taking photos at the piano. Because every time I took photos, uh, that was what I do at the piano. I was like, that's corny. I want to be away from the piano. And uh, that was during the time where I was like, nah, I wanted to do other stuff. And I, I didn't know what to do. So, and it was weird. <laughs> photographers, photographers, this one is this one. I was like this. <laughs> For, yeah, yeah so, right. Is that one? Photographers right. suggesting the piano <laughs> to you is like photographers telling the roots we gotta go out to the forest to take photos. <laughs> yeah, that's what times, are. I have an idea. We're gonna go out to the forest <laughs> <laughs> or put shackles on your feet. <laughs> right. One of the two. Roots. <laughs> Exactly. Take out this picture next to Alex Haley. Right. <laughs> Where are you right now, Robert? I'm in LA. I'm at the LA spot. That's right. He one of us okay, now. Right. Yeah. So you live out in LA right now. Yep. Yep. Well, I've always had an LA spot and a New York spot, but now I'm just here in LA for a long period of time. So I'm pretty yeah. much I'm pretty much here. I think okay. I'm gonna call this home. How long have you lived out there? Uh I had this place here for about four years. But I've never really spent, you know, I used to come in for a week here and, you know, 
but now I'm like staying here, you know. So <laughs> see, I always I'm, thought I always thought there was a stigma. Well, you know, you you are a serious musician. Mm. And I always thought that LA had a a, a stigma um on serious musicians like there's always been this 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 cloud of sort of pretentiousness with with LA session musicians and LA jazz musicians, at least in the 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s. I don't know if it's still yeah. Yeah. has held over or not, but yeah. you know. Ah, I mean, I don't when I'm out here, I'm not being a musician. Okay. <laughs> when I'm out here, I'm producing, I'm doing a film, film, I'm scoring films. You know what I mean? I'm like I, I always say New York is where you learn how to play, and then LA is where you make money. Mm. You know, so. That's why I moved out here. <laughs> One hundred percent. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm actually long overdue being here in LA, really. You know what I mean? I should have been here ten years ago, honestly. Word. Word. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, man. Just for the opportunities of what I want to do, because I, I, it's, I you know, I'm not trying to be the best jazz piano player in the world anymore. That's what I moved to New York to do. When I was in high school, I said, I'm going to New York, I'm gonna be the best jazz piano player. You know. <laughs> <laughs> and and it was all about that, all about being a musician. And you're musician, over musician. that already? I'm over that. Yeah. Oh man, you in my lane I'm now. You just you, you want to work. <laughs> I want to work Yo. now. Yeah. But that's what <laughs> it's that. supposed to be, though. That's how it's supposed to be. I had like an OG tell me, like, you know, the first part of your career, it's about becoming the best, right? Yeah. But then yeah. after a while, it's like, nigga, I gotta put myself in the position to make the most money. Boom. So, exactly. So let, let me you ask as, I mean? a, as a fan, does that mean that you've done everything? you wanted to do musically like all your no. music goals or or oh okay. no 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 or, no no okay i put myself in a position where i can always go back and do that you know mm -hmm. i can always make records I, I don't have to do the new york grind anymore i don't have to be in new york and be play the clubs and play the gigs you know what i mean i can go to new york and play my show when i want to play my shows and stuff like that while i'm out here also doing film scores and, and all that stuff. You know so what I mean? So that's why you strategized and, and did those, those uh, that when you had a whole residency in New York right before you left yep. there, right? That was yeah. brilliant. That was okay. That worked. Yeah, it worked out. So that's all I got to do. Every year I go to New York and stay one month and do all my shows really? and do it in New York. <laughs> get all your shows out the way. Yeah, just get streamline all the way. Get your quota, Get your quota done and then... I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> I love it. I see my son. My son's in New York. So I go there. I get, you know, the, the only reason I just keep my New York spot is so I can go back and see my son all the time. You know what I mean? Gotcha. But, okay. you know, other than that, it's, it's I, bye bye New York. We mm. had, has, he had a has your son had a chance to meet his sister yet? Not yet. She's one month old. Not yet. Oh, mm -hmm. yes. It's just some nah. Zoom calls, whatever. Zoom calls. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> that's it. You and your son are hilarious. I seen y'all on Instagram. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say, how dangerous <laughs> is, is he as a musician now? Yo, now, dude, now he. There's not a Dilla joint he doesn't know. And he there's not a Dilla joint that he doesn't know how it's made. Like, he's producing uh, beats. Damn. Him and Kareem Riggs and Sonny Drees are making an EP together. I can't. <laughs> what? Uh, I love it. That's so Glasper dope. Reem, Glasper Riggins. <laughs> like, yeah, because first of all, Kareem's son is crazy with the beat. Have you heard his beats? No. Idris' beats? How old is he? How old is he? He's like maybe 13. Oh, God. <laughs> First of all, this on next drums, generation is going to kill me. Yo, Kareem, yeah. first of all, on drums, he's crazy. Like, I'd hire him right now for a hip-hop gig. Not even joking. We jammed, we jammed a few times here in L.A. I believe you. Killing. Wow. But then his beats, are, his beats are stupid. So him and Riley, my son, they always play Fortnite. They're always on the play Fortnite shit. And then they started making beats and going back and forth with the beats and shit. So now they Riley makes so beats every day. Be and, and 
Yeah. They're, they're about to yeah, be next level GM and Lewis. Okay. Yeah, he's he's literally, <laughs> that's what he's on now. That's literally what wow. he's on now. It's a whole generation like, of these kids with Swiss Beat son and, oh my God, Jill Scott, her son making beats too. I, yeah, mm. yeah. Now they have just, access to the tools that we didn't. Like, I mean, the technology have. is so... I mean, you can make beats on your damn phone now. You know what I'm saying? Period. So, but Riley's like, he hit me yesterday. That dad, can you give me an MPC one? Oh, wow! I was, wow. <laughs> I was like, uh, yeah, that's yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the fuck that is. What are you working on right now? <laughs> uh, well, you just released the the project with uh, Ninth, correct? Yeah. So we did an so album good. called We did an album called a Dinner Party. Dinner so party. good. Um, yeah, meet Terrace Martin, Kamasi, and Knife. And uh, yeah, so we Felix, put that you out. You don't get Felix, the senior home, Felix. Oh, Felix scene, is though. on there. Felix is man. I Felix love is that dope, dude. bro. That nigga dope, mm-hmm. man. I fuck with him. Felix is really dope. His beats are dope too. He make dope beats too. Oh, I didn't know he made tracks. Okay. Yeah, stupid tracks. Yeah, I need to start uh, making tracks. Everybody making tracks. Everybody <laughs> makes tracks. I know. I've never been a track. I've never been. I've never wanted to make tracks. I gotta make some beats. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like I know all the dopest musicians. Let's just get in the room and make the dope shit. That's how I'm always like that. Like pluck that. But tracks. yeah, you gotta make tracks. But but yeah. So we just did a dinner party. Right now we just we're just finishing up a, um, a dinner party kind of remix kind of situation. Where we took all the songs, but we put guests on them. Um, so we got Corday and Snoop and a few other artists, Bilal on there, and a few other artists on those actual songs. Uh, Tank from Tank of the Bangas. Okay. Um, on there. Yeah, she's dope. I love her, man. Mm-hmm. She's dope. Uh, so yeah, finishing up that, that should be done in a few days, actually. And then um, I'm still in the middle of working on Black Radio 3. As well. Mm. Nice. Oh my God. So wait. All right. Can we just real quick? Fonte, don't act you don't know I'm working on Black Radio 3. Well, don't be like, no, 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 no. Don't act. Nah, I know. <laughs> Listen. I know. I just forgot. I just forgot it was. Nigga, you in like so 15 means... fucking groups, nigga. So I forgot what? that was coming. So that means that Fonte, you on Black Radio 3? You're supposed to be. I, I, I was supposed to be. I may be like, here's, <laughs> here's the thing. Games, like, I'm not playing oh, games. Let me tell you. Let me first. What had happened was. Let me tell you what it is. Hey man, you can't put me on blast with shit I'm willing to say myself. So let me set the record straight for all you niggas. Look, we in a goddamn pandemic. I don't hey. feel like doing shit. I have to learn how to <laughs> let me look. I'm gonna make it clear for everybody. Well, right, right. I, well, I'm in a space where I have to learn. The first like three, four months of this shit was just like, what the fuck, right? Yeah. So I had to learn how to create in this space. I knew how to create in the old world when we was out touring and moving around and bumping in each other and all that shit. I know how to fill that creative tank. Mm-hmm. I had to learn how to fill that creative tank in a space where we can't go no fucking where. So yep. now Ooh. I'm waking up again. I'm kind of finding okay. it. You know what I mean? I'm kind of finding okay. my voice again. So now to everyone, to Robert Glass and everyone, now, yes, there's a big possibility I'll probably be on Black Radio now because I know how to create. I'm kind of finding my voice now. But at Thank the time you, when he Fonte. reached out to me, he was like, yeah, man, I got this joint. Send it. And I'm like, nigga, I just watched my aunt die on Zoom, nigga. Like, what the fuck am I supposed to do oh, this shit? Like, oh, I can't yeah. Nigga, my aunt died too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah my aunt died like, too. My aunt died no, like three months literally. No, last week. Like, oh, mine was like I, three months ago. Yeah, I had to log into an app to watch a funeral, nigga. This, this, oh, I'm living no. Black Mirror right now. Like, yeah, oh, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. I was watching on FaceTime, yo. That's, <laughs> Wait. That's crazy. Oh, my Sign God. Oh, God. Wait, so, yeah, but so, but I have a question. Oh, it's cool. So, yeah, I have Black a question, Radio 3, I might be there. What's up? 
okay, this might be my old age, but I'm under the impression that you actually invented or pioneered DIYness when it comes to. <laughs> Like as far as I know, you have an apple in your phone that you do the vocals on, and then you just be sitting at the motherfucker. Like, <laughs> nah, but, well, yeah, I mean, when me and Nick did Foreign Exchange, yeah, that was kind of the first, you know, in terms of, I mean, it was us doing it. And then I think before that, it was the Postal Service with uh, your boy from Def Cab, but they were actually sending it through the mail. We were sending it just, you know, through IM. But even with then, I mean, that was still at a time where, you know, the world was open. Like, we were going out. I was mm -hmm. going to doing shows and whatever. Yeah. So the thing about now is just creating in this part where I think people are having, well, most of the artists, my homies I talk to, the thing that the kind of prevalent feeling is that we're still being held accountable or we're still being held, <laughs> we're still accountable for the same, we're still under the same pressure, but we no longer have those things we were able to do to release that pressure. Exactly. So it's like, oh, you okay. motherfuckers still want me to damn rapidly, rap, rapidly sing and do all this shit. But where's nigga, the I can't go to the gym. <laughs> right. Where's yeah. the inspiration? And where's the release? Yeah. Like, I can't I can't yeah. go to the gym. I can't go to the movies. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, well, me and the Fonte, family can't I, take trips. I apologize. You know I, mean? I apologize. And I appreciate you for having this moment because there's so many people that are feeling the same way. I, you're right. You're right. You, you, yeah. ooh, you're so right. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, but I'm coming. But, you know, now, like, I'm figuring out. Like, I got, I'm, me and Pooh been working on shit. Like, I got yeah. shit coming. So, so now, I mean, I'm waking up nice. now. Like, now I, I figured out. So, so now, yeah. Glassford, like, with joints, like, us yeah, being on yeah. Black Radio 3, yeah, that more than yeah. likely will happen because yeah, Glassford yeah, yeah, yeah. has always and, been. And like, I, I have a studio too, Robert Glassford. I want you on there too. I was going to hit you, but I had, I had a whole idea. I want to talk to you. We'll, we'll figure that out. Yeah, I'll I'll do it. If, if Fonte doesn't do it, I'll do it. <laughs> bars. <laughs> bars I, I do State. interludes. You can see the little brother. I'll do little it. Brother he does great. She, you I do, do have interludes. great voiceover. You do <laughs> do great voiceover. <laughs> I, I, I just, I'm just joking. But I'm more curious about who else is. Because I, I was just curious because I was like, damn, Robert, you got to. I know people be coming at you when you do these black radio albums. Like, yeah. Really? Well, I haven't even. I haven't even said it out loud that I was doing it until I, I released a single um, a few days ago. One of the singles off the record with uh, it's a song I did called "Better Than I Imagined," and yeah. it's uh, with her, yeah, it's with her and Michelle Degelcello. Um, yeah, I saw that on my iTunes. Yeah, so that's that's something I was holding for Black Radio Three, but I was like, "Fuck it, <laughs> we can put this <laughs> like, shit out now." Why? Get out now. <laughs> yeah, you know, because but you it know. can still go on the record, correct? Yes. Yes. But I was like, I don't want to hold it any longer. I'll put this one out, you know, just to just put it out there. Because I need to put some music. I just felt like I wanted to put something out, and this was a good time for it. You know what I mean? And you know, so yeah, I got till December to finish it, and I'm gonna put it, it's gonna come out next year. What have you been doing the the last six months? Have you been working at home or just like doing nothing? Well, no, I I learned how to do Logic pretty good. I got better Yo, at logic, logic. Too, bro. That's what I do. That's all. That's where I track all my shit in. I got I got better at logic, and actually, I'm building a Mia Terrace. I'm building a studio right behind my house, right here, like literally like <laughs> ten steps away. There's a one bedroom apartment behind my crib, and my landlord moved out of there, and we took it over and made it a studio. So oh. we'll be finished with that in like two three weeks. I so that'll it. be a place where we can like really go work. You know what I mean? And so we've been doing that. And, and no other than that, I've been in like about the noise. No, you can't even. They can't. It's separate. It's just no neighbor. The way it is, it, it, it is. Oh, okay. My landlord had it. My landlord had it built by some people from her church. It's like all cement, and it stands on its own. It's okay. like isolated. It, it's dope. 
it's really dope. So you mind if I ask I'm what part of town a... you're in? West like, Hollywood. What... Okay. Oh, okay. I was curious. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in West Hollywood. That's so, nice um, in a lot of that space. Glassburg. Yeah. Yep. You know, this is we we've known each other for the longest, but we really have never had an in-depth conversation. And what <laughs> it's I always, always... <laughs> no, no. But the thing I was always curious about was that I don't think it's the same way that Philadelphia had its renaissance in 2000. Yeah. You know, I felt that Houston had that same renaissance in yeah. 2006, 2007, you know, with all these musicians who at the time, like what was going on in your high school with, with all these musicians that were thinking left to center, like what was, right. what was in the air? Like what was going on? So the cool thing about my high school, which, you know, arts high school is because you went to one of the best ones in Philly. So you went to a performing and arts high school in I went Houston, to, right? I went to performing arts high school in Houston, high school for performing arts. And the cool thing about my high school, which I think we might be the only high school that did this, I'm pretty sure, or maybe not, you can tell me if y'all did this. My jazz director, and not even just the jazz director, in all the art areas, they hired teachers that didn't have degrees. Wow. Right? So our jazz cats that were teachers were just cats. Wow. Yeah. They didn't have they degrees. Was, they had been and out they, in the streets, though. They did this by design, <laughs> on purpose, or? Yes. Because the Love. motherfuckers that have the z- degrees, most of the time, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the cats that are cats, they're just playing. They out there playing. So they was coming to the school showing us what's hip right now because they're out there playing right now. So the, the cats that was over our, our, jazz, co- our jazz classes, all, all, our jazz professor, Dr. Morgan, had a degree, but he made it so he would just hire different. And sometimes we would see one dude for three months and never see him again. And then he but he was, a gig. But he was dope. Gone. Yeah, but <laughs> right. he was dope. And what the, what the one of the cool things about our school also is we had a class period called listening. You didn't play. You came in and we had a CD player and everybody in the class could bring anything they wanted to. And you just sat there and listened. Damn. And part of the problem with a lot of musicians wow. is they don't listen and they don't know what to listen to. And they just don't listen. You know what I mean? And our, our jazz director made a, a class called Listen. Mm. <laughs> so I would bring stuff. It could be gospel. It could be anything. And 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 all the cats would bring stuff. You know, every Mark Kelly, ask Mark about it. Mm-hmm. So it was who did you go to school with? Like what in my uh class, in my I, I went to school with Mark Kelly, I went to school with Kendrick Scott, um, mm-hmm. um drummer, yeah, really oh, yeah. Kind of guitar player, Mike Moreno, um, Beyonce, she was there for one year. Okay. Um mm-hmm. Brian, Brian Cox. Wow, um, Michael Cox, he was that's, oh, my best, wow. that's my best friend. Yeah, I met How Brian. Did I when not I was know eighth, that yeah, I met Brian when wow. I was in eighth grade. And he told me to come there. We met at a talent competition called the Sammy Davis Junior Awards. Wow. <laughs> sure, boing, boing, boing. <laughs> and I was, playing, I was playing piano with a gospel group. And he was singing with an R&B group called Business wow. or Pleasure. Nigga. Um, what year was this? 91? Because I know it was a 90. 90, 90 <laughs> oh, that was, that was like, nigga, that was 93, 92? Okay, 92, yeah, 93? I'm yeah. Business so, please tell me, and please thing. tell me, please tell me pleasure was spelled with a Z. Just tell me that. 
<laughs> right? It, it might have been. Be. I got to think. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so Brian, we met at that competition. He's like, yo, man, you got to come to PBA. Where you, where all, all the cats playing and stuff, blah, blah, blah. I was like, what's that? You know, blah, blah. So he told me about it. And I didn't go my freshman year because I thought I was going to be a basketball player. So I was like, nah, I want to play basketball. So I wasn't even serious about really? piano yet. Yeah, I want to play basketball. Wait, I wasn't serious. How old were you when you got serious about piano? When I got serious, uh, I was in like 10th grade when I was like, oh, oh get I want to play piano. All right, good night, everyone. <laughs> but I was playing the church and stuff. I was playing, I started playing the church. I literally started playing piano. My mom was the music, my mom was the music director at, at church. Okay. And, and she sang in clubs all through the week, like clubs, like R&B gigs and stuff like that. She was literally like Whoopi Goldberg and Sister Act. All that. And then on Sundays. <laughs> Did she have a group? Yes. Her and my stepdad had a group. They were literally like Cephas and Reese. It's uh-uh. absolutely hilarious. Oh, wow. 100%. <laughs> swear to God. That's no. Early 80s, the curls, the colors. No. Not even a game. A solid night or a holy night. A solid, a Yes. No, for real. But 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 uh, on Sundays, my mom is the minister of music at a small church, you know. So they allowed me to play the little broke ass organ that was in the corner. So I used to play every Sunday. The pastor would be like, "Whose birthday is it?" And when I was eleven, I was playing with one finger. Happy birthday! I figured out how to play mm-hmm. Happy Birthday with one finger. And then they wow. just let me every Sunday. They just let me sit there and figure the, the service out. I started playing Luther Vandross songs with one finger because my dad played Luther Vandross to the house every day. All the time. <laughs> and so I was learning all, all that kind of songs and just, and then I, I just, I really taught, I really taught myself. Yeah. And then I just, you know, and then at age, like, yeah, maybe age 14, that's when I, no, what's 10th, 10th grade? I don't know. 10th grade is, uh, whatever. Yeah, 15, I auditioned with, yeah. I auditioned with three gospel songs because I didn't know any jazz tunes. So there was no guidance. From, wait, this. but up from beginnings of church to the 15, there was nobody got no guidance, nobody to say, but this is how you really do this. Well, or, see, my mom had a band, and in okay. her band, there was a piano piano player named Alan Mosley that nobody knows. One of them cats from your hometown that was drunk but was really good. <laughs> and no, you know, he's a legend. You never see him. So he, I used to sit next to him on the piano bench and they would have rehearsals because we had rehearsals at our crib. We had pianos and amps, have rehearsals at the crib. So I would sit there and watch him. So the only song I played at my audition that was jazzy was he taught me how to play the Spider-Man theme in a, in a, in the form of a C minor blues. So he taught me how to walk a bass line oh, wow. and play boom, 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 So that's what I did that. And I did three gospel songs and then I got in. Wait, speaking of which, wait, Robert, you remember that time I bet you that you wouldn't, Oh man, this this is the most the most devastating gig of my life <laughs> was with Robert. As a joke, you know, I think Robert says, I'm gonna sneak the, the Smurfs theme into this Jay-Z song. <laughs> all right. So it was one of them. It was one of them. It was all right. So me and Robert Glasper were we were like uh paying tribute to Jay-Z at one of these like you know, $25,000 plate banquet spots. <laughs> and um, at the last minute, I told Glasper, I said, yo, like, you know, do, do something like really, uh, you know, high class for these people. Like, you know, make it sound like classical or something. And he, he gets at the piano and starts off like, 
you know, you know, like Alicia Keys first came out playing for Elise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and you think of like some deep shit. So Robert goes, boom, ding, ding, ding. <laughs> and the audience like Mariah Carey, Yoko Ono, everyone's looking. And all of a sudden, this motherfucker starts playing the Smurfs. <laughs> Love you, man. That is so great. I'll never forget that gig. Microphone. I was like, motherfucker, are you playing the Smurfs right now? <laughs> but then and when we got stage up, it, it went downhill from there because then Tariq forgot all Jay-Z's lyrics <laughs> in front of Jay-Z. Oh, yes. Ah. Yes, yo, man. Oh, worst gig ever. But I remember when we got stage, Yoko Ono was Yoko super Ono drunk. Yoko threw up on your shoe. She uh, came, dude. She she Yoko just came Ono in and threw up and, on your shoe and just fell on me and like a hug and fell up on me. She was like, ah. either Yoko Ono or her sister threw up on somebody's shoes and yo, then yo, I forgot yeah. about that gig, that's bro. A great oh, story. That, that was a horrible sounds... night, man. That's like, like one of y'all. That's like a George Clinton story. Y'all should make sure I remember that. That's like nah, George Clinton level story. It's a, Jay just signed us to the label. I thought he was about to get dropped. <laughs> All the Def Jam's calling me like, how could you guys forget his music? Everyone knows the song. <laughs> right. <laughs> Sorry. Robert, oh, were, you, were, you, were you always this person like in school too? Where, like, were you always funny and, and like, you know, Outgoing or whatnot, where that is that the same? You always I was, out of your yeah. Show? I was the kid that I always had to sit out in the hallway. Oh, you know, me like, too. <laughs> yeah, I was. Yeah, I've been in the hallway a couple times. Me too. <laughs> that was me. That was me. The whole all the time. Yeah, <laughs> literally, I ran into a girl. I dude, I maybe in January. I no December. I was in Houston. Went to a went to a Barnes and Noble. Ran into an elementary school friend of mine. I met. We were in the same play. We played Huckleberry Finn play. Mm. I played Huckleberry Finn. Oh, oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> in fifth grade, <laughs> that was my debut on stage. That's the only thing I've ever done acting. I played Huckleberry so if you Finn. Were Huckleberry Finn. Who was nigga Jim? <laughs> Who's nigga Jim? <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Tom, Tom Sawyer. Tom Sawyer was an Indian dude. We were we were ahead of our time. We were out there. Oh wow! We were the first of our, look, and I met. The, I saw this girl. She looked at me. She's like, "Oh my god, Robert!" And I, as soon as I saw her, I was like, "The pig." That's what I said. She was uh, the pig in the in the, in the play. She oh, looked no. exactly the same. Exactly. And she was like, "Oh my god, you still haven't changed since you were in fourth grade. This is so crazy." Wow. I was like, "Damn, <laughs> I have. I literally haven't." Honestly. Wait, question. Was Chris at your school as well? Dave? Chris Dave? I don't know how old Chris is. Chris he's seems 98. like he's young, but he's like 90. <laughs> like. He's 92. Chris, <laughs> he's supposed to be as good as he is. He's 113. Chris, <laughs> no, Chris, goddamn. Like, no, Chris went, Chris graduated from PBA in 1990. What? Wow. Whoa, 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 whoa. Chris is my age? Chris is like, Chris is like 40. Is he is he 47, 48? Yeah, oh my god, yo. Cause his voice make you think that he's <laughs> he keeps being a prodigy because you keep thinking he's the little kid. He's old as fuck. <laughs> I didn't know. Every time you hear him age. talk, you're like, this little 13-year-old is amazing. God damn, how does <laughs> he do that? No. So Chris, we know. So Chris, Chris, there was a drummer named Mark Simmons before you did you know Mark Simmons? No. 
Okay. So Mark Simmons was probably the beginning. No, before Mark Simmons, there was something called the, the, the lineage of drummers at the school. There was a, uh, what's the fucking dude that played with Tower of Power? Anyway. For, uh, Steve Caroni? No, no, no. no, no. Tower of Power. That was a bunch uh, of Tower of Power drummers. Um, um, uh, fucking. Dave Gibraldi. Dave Gibraldi. Not, no, not the famous one. The other guy. Maybe he did some tours. Oh, he Never mind. Him. Okay. <laughs> yeah, him. Maybe he just not after Dave that. Garibaldi. <laughs> after that, <laughs> there was Mark Simmons. Mark Simmons. If you ever saw in the last twenty years or whatever, Al Jarreau or fucking George Benson, he was on drums. Wow. Okay. He's okay. the guy that was uh, like maybe a year or two older than Chris that made Chris like really shed because he did something to Chris in high school really bad. So Chris was mad at him he had a vendetta against him the whole time so chris that's what that, lit a fire under chris's ass that's what lit a fire had to do with the girl that made chris go in the practice room and never come out that's the story all my friends that are around that time tell that story they're like yo he went to practice room, didn't come out of the practice room so wow. it was like, chris get you it was, one day <laughs> and then it was eric harlan after chris they went together around right. the same time maybe chris is a senior maybe eric was you know a, a, a sophomore or something or a freshman. Uh, after that, then it was Kendrick Scott and then Jemire. You know Jemire Williams? Yeah. Jemire, yeah. Um, they're still putting out some great motherfuckers. James Francis, you know, he's he's of that. Wait, Francis later. is from Houston too? Francis from Houston. His parents oh. used to drop him off when I would do gigs in Houston. James used to do, his parents used to drop him off at my sound checks so he could watch a sound check because he was too young to come for the show. So I used to let him sit like right by me and stuff and watch my sound checks because he wasn't allowed to, yeah. yeah so, so when he got not? to New York, yeah, when he got to New York, I told, I called Poiser, I was like, yo. Oh, I, okay. Your you recommendation, I see. Yeah, okay. you to yeah, check so this when, dude whenever, out. Whenever uh, James or Ray Angry or Kamal uh, can't do the Tonight Show, then uh, James Francis, Yep. Bills in. I mean, he was a young boy back then, yep. but now, yep. you know, he's yep. doing his own gigs at Blue Note, you know. Yep, yep, yep. That's sort of thing. I used doing to sneak thing. him in a Brooklyn Bowl. Now, you know, Where? Now you don't I need have his right. autograph. <laughs> I need his autograph. Listen, Black representation is essential. If I hadn't seen and heard certain Black women in radio, I wouldn't be in radio. Women like Robin Breeden, Candy Shannon, Michelle Wright, Deanna Williams, women owning radio stations like Kathy Hughes. Listen, the next generation of influential black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the black experience itself. Word. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Each episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. From Bobby Smurder to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black Stories, Black Truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now, they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Here are a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center Black voices. It's NPR Noir. 
Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR, wherever you get your podcasts. Tired of spills and stains on your sofa? Wash away your worries with Anabay. Anabay, the only sofa that's machine washable inside and out, where designer quality meets budget-friendly prices. That's right, sofas from only $639. Anabay brings you a no-risk experience with pet-friendly, stain-resistant, and changeable slipcovers made with performance fabric, cloud-like comfort with high-resilience foam, and hypoallergenic featherless down that needs no fluffing. Their steel frame ensures longevity, and you can rearrange the modular pieces anytime. And here's the cherry on top, up to 60% off site-wide. It's backed by a 30-day satisfaction guarantee, so if you're not absolutely in love, send it back for a full refund. No return shipping or restocking fees. Every penny back. Join the revolution of easy, clean, stylish living with up to 60% off at anabay.com. That's A-N-A-B-E-I.com. Offers are subject to change, and certain restrictions may apply. Okay, so I feel silly. Because as much traveling as I do, and as many Airbnbs that I stay in, because that's the only way I travel, I really have never considered my own space. I mean, think about it. What if you can make money for your next vacation while you're on vacation? And I know what you're thinking. You're like, my house is just not fancy enough. I just can't do the things. You're sleeping on your space. I'm sleeping on my space. Yes, I'm talking to myself. And I really don't even have to use my whole place. I could just Airbnb a room. I know how this works. Because again, I use Airbnb. Duh. I mean, just think about it. Most of us that use Airbnb are only using it for 50% of its power. We're spending the money, but we're not making the money. What if we could do both? Whoa. Mind-blowing. And your home really might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. To say, like, I went to school with, like, these young lions. Right. Like, when I was in school, like, my third day of school, DeFrancesco is getting pulled out by Miles Davis because, like... It, it'll be like uh who who was uh miles's keyboard player was it kenny kirkland no uh, uh which which year the, the, those, uh, those. Do, before he passed away uh, like 86 during the tutu era i think oh one of those guys wasn't kenny though definitely wasn't kenny kirkland okay yeah. i forget who it was but you yeah. know i'll be like yo wh- where are you going and you'd be like i don't know it's fucking up again so miles is sending for me i mean there wow. was a typical of that like christian right, right. You know, Ellis Marcellus come and take Christian out of school for two weeks, you know. So like yeah, basically yeah. they were they were the young lions of my generation. But yeah. the thing was is that they were following traditional jazz. Right. And obviously, I guess my introduction to your world was via Bilal. Yep. Yep. And you know, in hearing Bilal break every rule of of what all of it song structure was <laughs> and i'm wondering well okay and i asked i was like well who's the who's the music version of you like who else is breaking the rules and then right. i met all of you guys in a month or so and i just never seen because i knew you guys were seen as jazz musicians but i was always wondering if whether or not you get embraced by the jazz community, like, would they let you play in reindeer games? Because right. you guys were looking at the rule books and sort of just throwing it out the window, like, 
did you have to master it? Like, did you have to sneak in the house first and sort of talk their language and da 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 da, and then hold them hostage once you <laughs> exactly had your power? Like, well, honestly, that process. I attribute Bilal and you to what? that. To that, but I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Because when I got to the new school in 97 for college, um, I met Bilal the first day of school and we were like one of eight black people at the school. (laughs) Oh, at the new school? At the new school, like, yeah. In the jazz program, yeah. Wasn't a lot of black people. I may be exaggerating. Maybe there were 15. (laughs) Damn. Honestly. Yeah, honestly. Everybody was black. Yeah, so check it out though. They put all the freshmen in the room and they call you at random to come on the stage. They called me and Bilal on stage at random together to play a song together. Wow. Mm-hmm. You and know? they don't tell you what to play, it's just whatever y'all No, you go do up there with spot. a bunch of cats they call on drums, so-and-so, on piano, Robert Glasper, on vocal, Bilal Oliver. On blah, 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 blah. We get up to play the song, we go off the stage, we look at each other like, yo. Well, they, do they know? give you a fake book at least? Or like, what do you- Nah, you just call tunes. Nope. You go oh, up there and call, call it. You're supposed gotcha. to know it? Yeah. yeah. Or you talk to each other and be like, you know this? Nah. You know this? I don't know. Mm, kind of. You know, mm-hmm. just like like you do at a jazz club now. You, go, hey, you know so-and-so? I think so. <laughs> yeah, you figure shit out. But whatever we I did. I was about to you ask know, you, do you remember that, what it was? <laughs> I have no idea what it was. But <laughs> when we got off, me and Bilal, we, we were, un, you know, you couldn't separate us after that because it was like, you know, he so y'all actually y'all spoke a different language. 100% immediately. And so we began working on stuff together. And one of the, the president of the school at the time, Arnie Lawrence, he passed away. He saw us and was like, you two have something. Y'all should go in and work on a demo for Bilal. Mm. And we were like, okay. So he said, my friend has a studio around the corner. Y'all can, I talked to him already. Y'all can go over there and kind of come up with some stuff. And his boy was Aaron Comis. Aaron Comis Spin from Spin Doctors. Spin Doctors. Fucking yeah. Spin Doctors. Yo, I so never believed this story when Bilal told me. I'm like, who worked on this? He's like, like Aaron Comis. Fuck like, Aaron Comis. Comis. Get the fuck out of <laughs> here. Aaron Comis. <laughs> and I was like, what? Um, yeah, so we were going over there after school every day, just writing songs. And yeah, a bunch of just jazz musicians are on the album because we didn't know anybody that played anything else. We just knew so, the cats from the school. So, so that was that you on Queen of Sanity, the demo? Yeah. Yeah, it's me on Queen of Sanity. Wow. That's me on Queen of Sanity. Yeah. And y'all came, that's right. You and James came in there and redid it. Yeah, we, kept, like, we the came and redid part. the drums. Yeah, but, all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, that was essentially, when I when I heard that demo, man, I, you know, again, I'm, I'm happy to say that my... My my 100% record of the six demos I ever heard and listened to and became fans of, like, they right. all became, like, something in the world. Of course, you know, Little Brother, mm-hmm. Jill Scott, Slum Village. Um, but hearing that Bilal demo, I don't know how it came across. I don't know who played it for me or whatever, but right. I just, I thought this person. I remember you being hype with me about <laughs> those Bilal demos. You know like, what? I remember I, you being I, like, no. I will say, this dude is I will like a human saxophone. Yeah, like, much, much to my detriment, if there's ever a recapping of the kind of Black Lily Roots Jam Session story, yeah. like an oral history or whatever, uh, my enthusiasm for wanting to work with Bilal Definitely made motherfuckers feel a certain way. 
Word. You know, <laughs> because I mean, basically, every everyone had a job at this thing, and it was more like, okay, I'm I'm the money, you know, like so tour money, back to the right. jam system, back to the, you know, and I would make appearances every now and then, but it's like right. after working on, you know, the the stuff at Electric Lady, and then coming back mm. to do root stuff, like I wasn't trying to like also. Right. Do five hours at these jam sessions. But hearing Bilal sing, man, I was just like, all right, I'll come. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, you know, I just. Yeah. And those, those jam sessions. So Bilal, so we started working on the demo, whatever. And me and him used to get on a bus from school and go down to Philly on Monday. Was it Monday nights to the five spot? Tuesday night? Tuesday. Tuesday. We used to get on the bus. And go, we would go stay at his mom's house in Germantown. That was my first time to ever go to Philly, just so we could go to those jam sessions. And then y'all started coming to doing the ones at Late Street. Yeah, on uh, at uh, uh, what's the name of the spot? Uh, Wetlands. Yeah. Wetlands. So seeing y'all play live, Bilal was always trying to get me to understand how to play y'all shit, and I didn't understand what the fuck he was talking about. He was like, <laughs> you know, like yo, like play, don't play it on play it off what <laughs> play like you know how to play but you don't know how to play what the <laughs> fuck are you talking about <laughs> no nigga like like and then i saw y'all live and i saw james poiser and i was like oh so that made me i kept going back and then he would let me sit in with you or yo you would let me sit in you know i was like i was like yeah. i was jasper in, and i was sitting in with y'all <laughs> and because of sitting in with you with the roots that's how I learned how to play that shit. I didn't. I never heard it. I didn't understand what it was. See, that's so weird it. to me because in my mind, you and all your Houstonians just have another relationship with time, mm-hmm. with with meter and time that is beyond anything I've done, or you know, dare I say it, Dilla or whatever. Like I, I just I'd never seen. I mean, it's like watching the Animaniacs run in the water tower. Like, you know, when you see them running in the puff of smoke. That's, that's a crazy wow. analogy. Oh, we all know it, so it's good. Or, or the Tasmanian devil. Like, right. that's what I mean. Like, But what I want to know is how did you force the jazz world to your will? Because I don't think that's, I don't think that's an easy. It's not task like that's a hard, with jams that's what they had no choice but the born to the wheel well here's the thing <laughs> i always knew that i had to make sure that i could play jazz with the best of them before i decided to do anything else you know what i mean i had to like when herbie played with miles put his first few albums out there was no you couldn't question herbie about shit yeah. about can you play that fucking his chops yeah all that that was already solidified there's no argument there so when he did headhunters you cannot like it if you want to, but you can't dispute him as a jazz artist. You know what I mean? As a yeah. jazz piano player, especially being black, they're so quick to want to call you a hip hop piano player. Nigga. Or right. an R&B right. piano player. They're, they're really quick to not want to give you the title of, of that. So it, w- it was in my mind. I was like, well, no. Even when I before I got signed, I said in my mind, I knew. I was like, I want to do a few jazz albums first to shut these mm-hmm. motherfuckers up who are going to be talking. And then I want to do my other shit. You know, it was mean? almost so, kind of like, it reminded me of like the, uh, like Donald Byrd. That's how I always kind of saw your career is like yeah. Donald Byrd. But then, you know, he did his thing. But then when he got with the Mizell brothers, 
Yep. It just became, you know, something yeah, else. It became a thing. You know I mean? Yeah, for sure. Exactly. Exactly. And that's my thing. I wanted to make sure. So then when that happened, my thing was just grabbing all the young people because I felt like jazz wasn't for young people anymore. And what made what made me get into jazz was Roy. Roy Hargrove. I was just about to say me, Roy was yeah. Roy came to my Roy Roy came to my school in when I was in eleventh grade. I'll never forget it. He went there too, right? No, he went to the one in, in, in Dallas with Erica. He went to the oh, okay. He yeah, went to Roy, the Booker T. Dallas, Washington. And Nora. Okay. Yeah, Nora Jones. Yeah, yeah, that whole thing. So that was our rival. We rivaled them all the time for all state jazz competitions and shit. Oh, so, <laughs> so <laughs> when Roy came to our school, when I was in 11th grade, he was already Roy Hargrove, the album. So he came to the school and he had on like overalls and Tim's, you know, and his band was black. <laughs> I ain't never seen that. I have never seen five young black guys that look like me, dress like me, talk like me, up there playing jazz. That's never see, you've never seen that because when you're in school, the pictures of jazz is what they give you, and it's all in black and white, and it's everybody has on a suit, and it's not, you know, it's nothing, it's nothing that has Relatable. anything to do with you right now, you know. Um, so Roy made me. He he completely changed my whole shit. So that's literally why I am the way I am now. I feel like I'm killing the stereotype. You know what I mean? I feel like when people look at me, a lot of times they don't know, they don't know, you don't know what the fuck I do. You know what I mean? And when I was, <laughs> you know, selling out the Blue Note and the Vanguard and all these places, white people would walk by me. I would be outside hanging with my friend. They walk by me looking at me like, what are you doing here? Kind of spot. I'm like, well, actually, you're coming to see me. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, but the people on the bus, a lot of that is like, you know, they don't know. They come to New York and get on the bus and they take you to where somebody famous is playing, you know what I mean? But they look at me in my jeans and my t-shirt and it's like, oh, we, if I was walking down the street, you think I'm a rapper or you right. think I'm whatever, you know what I'm saying? You don't think I'm about to sit here and play Stella by Starlight or actually play this piano the way I do, you know what I mean? And that's where I got, literally got that from Roy and that's what made kids, he inspired me so much because he looked like me. So I was like, that's what I want to do. You know what I mean? I want to inspire the young cat. So I think when it came to the jazz world, I just, ignored them and really went for the young people. You know what I mean? While still keeping the integrity of jazz, but making it to something where they, they could identify with. You know what I mean? And after a while, the jazz world couldn't deny it anymore. Yeah. They tried to. I think you have to do that, though, because I think, you know, even like in all forms of music, you have to kind of, if not necessarily appeal to the young people, yeah. you at least have to know how to communicate with them because yeah. they're the ones that's coming next. So mm -hmm. if you exactly. want your thing to live on, you got to get the youngins so they can exactly. carry it on. You know what I mean? Exactly. Is Bradford in that conversation too, like in a way, with like his projects, like well, with Shot LeBron? Well, yeah, I, oh, well, yeah, I was going to ask. You kind of know? I was, I was going to ask. <laughs> when I was coming I up, there Winton. was the jazz Definitely police. Definitely more him than Wynton. <laughs> yeah. Uh -huh. There was the jazz police of like Stanley Crouch. Crouch <laughs> yeah. Uh, Wynton Marcellus, all yeah. those cats. Yeah. Um. Is there such thing as the jazz police? Like, are there still people that <laughs> Bradford himself? Scoff it. Oh, that's okay. Oh, well, how Bradford you, is jazz police but, now? But Nigga. Bucks, but with Buckshot Has he aged into jazz police? Is that what with, it is? Oh, y'all didn't see it. Y'all didn't, didn't see it. I don't. Right. That's that was what, 25 exactly. years ago. Oh, no. Exactly. Bradford turncoat on you? Nigga, what? hold on. Bradford no. put, put me out. Look, this happened maybe two years, two years ago. Maybe three years ago, two years ago, he did a uh, he did a uh, interview for one of them jazz magazines, uh, maybe Downbeat or something like that. Oh, and in the middle of the interview, they were like, "So, Bradford, 
what do you think about what people like Robert Glasper and Kamasi Washington are doing? You know, you did Buckshot LaFunk. What do you think about what Robert Glasper's doing? He said, well, you know, Jack Kamasi, he's not a jazz, he's not a jazz saxophone player. Just threw him all the wow. way over. Mm-hmm. Then he said, and Robert, I mean, I'm glad he's doing what he's doing because he's he has the limited jazz vocabulary also. <laughs> and if you ask him, he'll tell you the same thing. Those were literally his words. So, Robert, do you have a limited jazz vocabulary? <laughs> right. <laughs> like, what? Who? No, I'm, I'm heartbroken. <laughs> I'm- what are you talking about? What are you talking about? Deacon, do you not know who you are? So, uh, so, you so, so for the listener, if you have a limited voc- jazz vocabulary, who has an unlimited jazz vocabulary? Who is that? Yeah, that was like, come on, bro. Like that. Now you're now that was that Winston was just that's reckless. That's reckless. That's like you know, <laughs> he they didn't even ask him that. That wasn't even the question. He didn't ask, <laughs> do you think they're jazz musicians or do you think what they're doing right, is jazz? Right. They said you did Buckshot LaFunk, so they were literally speaking to crossing over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he took that time took that little platform to put us down instead of being like, oh, well, shit, Robert Glass with Black Radio, that's doing, that's great. I'm happy, yeah. but something, use that, don't use that platform to shoot down the two top Black instrumental jazz musicians that, you know what I mean? Why, why would you do that? Come on, bro. Like, lucky he gave think, me Frank McComb. What do you think is required? I mean, you know, every genre has their... And they were disrespecting Branford. Uh, you know, just there's always the grumpy old guy. I love Branford. I'm just I know he did that. I love him. I'm have y'all seen each other since it that hurt. happened? Have y'all have you have you seen him? Y'all ran into each other? No, but before he said that, I ran into him at a club and we had drinks. He was playing. I went to his see him play. I had had a night off in Seattle. He was playing. Yeah. Me and Chris and a few other people went down there, hung out. I've always shown Branford love. He's always actually yeah. shown we've been cool every time yeah. I see him. You know what I'm saying? But I just felt like why nah, if you was gonna say that, you could have said it to my face. You could have like, been said that to my face, bro. Yeah. No, matter straight fact, up. fact, I saw him at International Jazz Day. I saw him at International Jazz Day in Russia, maybe two years ago or something. And that, oh, you know what? And we had a little, oh, uh, you know what? I didn't figure yeah, that. Okay. Nah, it's all coming back, all coming <laughs> back to me now. <laughs> International <laughs> Jazz Day. You know, you know that it's like they 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 bring in a bunch of jazz musicians. And, and and they put it, they put you in a different country every year and to promote jazz, you know, and you do a concert together and they break you up in little groups and you do like one song. So we did the International Jazz Day thing and me and Bradford backstage, somebody came up and was like, so um, what do y'all think? What makes jazz jazz? <laughs> and we're talking about it, you know, and, and Bradford said, the space between the quarter notes. Okay. I was like, I've heard what? that before. I, it I, sounds okay. so, it did sound familiar. What do you mean? The space between, the, like literally the space between the quarter notes, like the space between the, so I was like, the space between the quarter, so literally it, it's a mathematical thing. Like if you do this space, with this space between quarter notes, that's jazz. We kind of got into a thing about it because the answer he gave was like, come on, bro. Like it, sound, it sounded like Winton. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, no one has the true answer. Like, there, no, we don't. But there's nerds like me that want a, a scientific definition, and there's creatives like you that, you know, that will never have the right answer or whatever. Like, 
I don't think any creative truly knows what the definition of what makes their art form tick, you know? Yeah, right. But then, but we're having just a discussion and I'm like, yo, we start talking about tunes. I said, so because this is not swing, we're talking about talking about the ride symbol, everything. And it was like, so you're, you're, you're now defining a whole genre by a rhythm. So because it doesn't ting, 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 it's not jazz. So what's red clay? Mm-hmm. And he was like, not jazz. Right. I said, so red clay's not red jazz. Red clay ain't jazz, nigga. So this is this is trap versus real hip hop. I get it. Now. This is this is X versus. It's a long argument, versus, right? Uh, YM Corday. I get it. Right. I get it. I get it. But I just for love somebody, it. but for somebody who made Bust on the Funk, I just suspected something different. Nah, 100%. I expect a different answer. I just love expect the a different answer. But that was, but again, that was 26 years ago. That was, I mean, that was. And Winton, look, even though Winton, Winton innovated the music and then stopped. He did Black Codes and then stopped. Yeah. <laughs> Black Codes is such an innovative record. You know Black Codes yeah. from the underground? Black Codes from the underground, bro. Right. It's like absolutely fucking incredible, you know. And it's one of my favorite records of his, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely, you know. Uh, matter well, of fact, I mean, Winton called me. Go ahead. Oh, wait. Mm, go ahead. Go back to that because <laughs> he calls you. Oh, I do remember. It's <laughs> a whole nother realm. I don't know if you want to step into it. Nah, it was, let's in, go. It nah, was, we want to. Let's it go. Was because, it was because of the Lauryn Hill stuff. <laughs> so, uh, go, go in. Oh, oh, go, in. Uh, go in. Go in. Uh, <laughs> no, come on. Come on with the smoke. Come on with the smoke. Uh, no, Winton called me. I was in Japan. I never forget it. He called. He texted me. And it was like, yo. Is this Robert Glasper? This I was like, yeah, who's this? He was like, this Winton. I was like, oh, shit, what's up? How you doing, man? He's like, hey, man, you know, I just wanted to call and tell you, you know, let this Lauren Hill shit go. And I was like... That's his <laughs> first words to you nigga. ever? Yes. You ain't go nigga. Not ever. <laughs> on the phone. We don't talk on the phone. I don't talk to Winton right. on the phone, you know? Wait, and when you text me Lauren in Hill Japan. Is? This shit is costing me extra money. <laughs> That's extra data. Right. Like, nigga, you, you wasting my data to talk to me about this shit. <laughs> He's like, let this Lauren Hill shit go. First of all, I never drug it on. I said I did that radio interview and I never posted about it. Or talk, I never said anything about it ever again online. You know what I'm saying? Right. I did that, that radio interview posted and I didn't put shit on my IG. I didn't even put that radio interview on my IG. On my Facebook, nothing. So he hit me with that, let this go. And I was like, well, I'm not doing anything, but... You know, the truth is the truth. I don't really know what you want me to do. He was just mm-hmm. like, man, you know, she's got all these followers and stuff. And, you know, you're not going to win that battle. And I just think it's best if you just blah, blah, blah. It ain't you a know. battle. We, I'm not battling. I'm not no, battling. Wait, y'all, wait. You're missing the most important part. Right. <laughs> when Marcellus knows who Lauren Hill is. What? You ain't that no, damn cares. jazz. Yeah, I yeah, think nah, you, that he cares is a whole nother level, too. Yeah, right? you, sell, <laughs> you sell seven million albums. Niggas know who the fuck you oh, are. Oh, definitely. Dude, definitely, definitely, dude definitely. first of all, yeah, this Lauren I'm Hill amazed, shit. That, but, I never thought when left his jazz bubble. I know. I know. And of all the things to bring up, that's crazy. That's wow. what he texted me about. Our first text and only text to this day. Was Not about congratulations that. on, you know, a <laughs> Grammy. This okay. Fan of your work. Uh, you your first yeah. movie. I mean, this well, I told him, I said, when every time I saw him, every time I see him in person, and honestly, when I go see him play, he invites me up to play. He calls me up on stage and shit. You know what I mean? So yeah. I don't have no beef or no real beef with him. You know, some of the things he says, like, come on, bro, you know, but well, it's fine. It's fine. And he's never thrown me under the bus in some interview or, you know, or, or tried to do anything mm-hmm. malicious. But, mm-hmm. you know, so we were texted about that. And then I, finally I was like, yo, I'm, don't, I, every time I see him, I said, I'm going to get you on some hip hop shit. 
he was like, oh, bro, you know, I'm going to just deal with the swing. I, I ain't down with the bitches and the niggas. And I was like, bro, all hip hop ain't like that. I said that. That's what I said. I said, bro, I'm, all hip hop isn't like that. That's one little second oh of hip hop. It's like there's different styles of jazz. There's different kinds. And I say, if you ever checked out anything I've done, you don't hear that. And he was like, yeah. you know, well, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see. But he always says that every time I see him. We'll you know, see he knows means, I want to get him on no, I'm not with the bitches right and the nigga. Right. <laughs> He's like I'm all hip hop degrades. It's like, come on, bro. That's not, yeah. It's so yeah. crazy when at one point you was a young dude. Like, and jazz, jazz beats are so funny to me. They've been happening for like since the beginning. <laughs> it's just, um, have, have you, you and, have, have you and, have you and Lauren ever talked after that since post the interview? Uh, Black Radio 3. No, well, you know, you know, <laughs> right. Well, you know, look, but look, hold on. And let me on that song so I can also olive branch that moment too. Yeah, Mary needs it too. Yeah, he got it. He got a mental. No, something. you help feed the fire with the uh, Robert Glass's butt beef patty, uh, beef patty chef. You changed your Twitter, your Twitter handle to Robert Glass's beef patty I chef. Remember that. Oh, I remember that. <laughs> no healing. It's no healing. It's no, no healing. Man, the shockers of when Marcel's known Lauren Hill, Lauren Hill known social media using Yo. emojis. I almost Green saw her. On Twitter. This is a great day. <laughs> Look, I almost saw her at at, at um at um uh what is it North Sea Jazz Festival just now. North Sea Jazz, yeah, yeah. Just but she now, like, I I literally was sitting outside, <laughs> and the, a bus pulled up, and it was her tour bus, and all the cats came off like, "Yo, Rob, They were like, "Well, Lauren just got off at the other place." So I was like, "Oh, okay, cool." That would have been amazing <laughs> if I saw her. I haven't seen her since then. But I, my thing is, my thing is that you saw her statement she wrote after that, right? Yes. It was, yeah, it was, it was really so long, many words. Right? It yeah. was so many words. Yeah, it was a like, lot. Uh, Where, a lot of emojis in it. And I was dude, shocked if she knows what like, emojis are. Shut and, up. And, and honestly, <laughs> and I didn't know it was the 20, when I did that interview, I didn't know it was the 20th anniversary of fucking that, uh, the album, Miseducation. <laughs> yes, I mean. Yeah. <laughs> Where the God. And I've never talked that, my Lauren Hill situation happened in 2007. We did this interview in what 2006, 17? Yeah, yeah, it was a minute. Yeah, I've never said it out loud on an interview. They asked me, "What's the worst musical experience you've ever had?" And that is the first, and that's the first one that ever comes to mind is working with Lauren. It was terrible. Did Poison and text you? I just told you? the truth. Did Poison, huh? text, did Poison text you? A lot of people text me. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of people text me like, "Thank you." You know, thank you. Shit. We can't, I can't say that shit, but thank you. A lot of cats was like good looks, you know, and some of them cats, you can't, they can't, you know, I can say that shit. I don't give a fuck, you know, but yeah. you know, and the um, other cats that she uses in that way don't have the platform right. to say yeah. shit. You know or what I mean? Power. So I felt like, yeah. or the power to say shit. And my, it wasn't me purposely coming at her. It was just, that's what it was. And everything was truth. Everything was fact and everything's still happening. No. You know what I mean? So it's like, what the <laughs> fuck? Robert, you, know you, you a whole gift to jazz in so many ways, honey. You, Yo, have, no, you have no idea. But look, I'm here. I'm serious. I thought about this the other day. I was like, Don't say my, wouldn't it be? My proper na- name. <laughs> 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 oh, yeah, he look, about it. Proper I thought, the government. I thought about that, though. What if? What if we got her on Black Radio 3? Look, man, it's 2020, and we're running out of space on our bingo cards. You produce it. Might as well it. happen. Bruh. You produce it. 
Listen, that would be crazy, Amir, bro. What you see? It was your come on. It was your idea. I'm, all, I'm down for it, yo. In a silly Look. way, in a silly weird way, I feel like there's a possibility. It could possibly happen. I think it'll be dope. I think so. I think it could happen. Because as an artist, I have nothing against her. She's fucking incredible. You might have to extend your due date, but I think it could happen. 100%. Yeah, it'll yeah, be, yeah. yeah, it'll definitely, it probably won't come out to Black Radio 19. <laughs> or shit, but no. Okay. It'll be on. Okay. <laughs> Back to the theme of the show. And I'm gonna be old as optimism. 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 I'll be old as fuck. Your daughter Yo. gonna be twenty <laughs> doing backgrounds. <laughs> <laughs> Renewed Bruh. optimism. No, it's gonna get done. No, Amir, it's gonna get done. Listen, <laughs> as as a person that believes in manifesting positive energy and hold my crystals 100%. 100%. and whatnot, yes, we're yeah. gonna make it happen. I will love it. I will say, Lauren Hill, we are officially putting out the olive branch. Yeah. I think better. the world will be better with our artistic contributions. It's needed in the world right now. So actually really is. Really is. All right. So questions while we on optimism. I bet you will put a uh, verse on that with Fonte. On the Lauren jam? Yeah. Oh, I mean, if I'm still alive, I'll tell you I'll do that shit. (laughs) I, 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 I got 16 for you. Nigga. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'll I, I jump in. Yes, right. Okay. So I was going to ask a question. Brand, yeah, Brandy, and I want to ask you specifically, what is it like tracking her in the studio, tracking her vocals? Dude? First of all, she probably... The, Brandy might be the illest tracker I've ever see it's incredible bro i've never seen nobody phase themselves out i was gonna ask you about that i saw another interview you did three times in one in in the in the middle of doing optimistic she phased herself out three times that's how how yeah. on top of her vocals she is with with that's how stacking. on top of her vocals she is when she stacks her shit is so exactly alike that she fakes the computer out and it makes <laughs> you think you're doing the same, the track again or some shit. Yeah, you're not, re- again, you know yeah. what I mean? Because most people, when you read, when you sing something else and you sing it again, hey, sing it again, let's stack it. Mm-hmm. There's always something different. A different not perfect. Perfect. It's not, it's always yeah. an imperfection. Yeah. Something, something. She's so dead on. That shit phased the fuck out three times. Mm. From the breath, mm. from the breathing, from when she cut it off, where the vibrato stopped, like everything is incredible. And she don't leave the booth till the fucking shit's done. It That's ain't like she wow. come out and listen and vibe. She's like, no, and she won't stop with the ideas. You have to stop her. No, Brandy, no more vocal, no more stacks. Mm. No, Seven I love that. A, a harmony. <laughs> yeah, and she wants to get it. She's so enthusiastic about getting it right and just wanting to try more and more ideas. She's not a lazy singer <laughs> at all. You know what I mean? Like, it's incredible working with her, man. She has to be one of the nicest, too. You know what I mean? Like, even when I did, when she was on my Black Radio album, um, before that, yeah. she paid for the studio time because she was wow. late the other time or something like that. She couldn't make it, and she was like, "Yo, do you, and she paid for the fucking studio time." And she, you know what I mean? I didn't even know her back yeah. then. You know, she's just this is such a nice, a really, really nice person. But that, on Black Radio, um, on Black Radio Two, man, you had a record. Um, it was it was a lot of records on that album. I love. I really love the uh, the Emily Sandy joint. The somebody oh, yeah. else. Yeah, I love. That's just a great song. Just the lyrics. Yeah, that's a great song. Dude, she wrote that and, shit in twenty minutes. Are you serious? That wow. song. That song originally Mary J. Blige was supposed to sing it, and whoa, 
I had lyrics and everything already done, but getting with Mary just always kept, you know, mm -hmm. we couldn't make it happen. So I had the lyrics in the song. I even had the song sung by somebody else to, you know, yeah, so Emily was, in, yeah. Emily was in town and she came by the studio and I played her the song, boom. And it was, she was like, I love it. I love it. She's like, do you mind if I change the lyrics? I was like, no, do what you feel. She got a pen and pad out, walked around, wrote that joint in like 20 minutes, bro. Wow. Literally. And, and put that shit down. The record she was in town for the great, great Gatsby premiere or some shit. Oh, the That's great Gatsby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the record you did with um the Nora record that Musina, yeah. yeah, I love that joint, man. How yeah. did y'all? You and Musina, like Musina, shout to Musina. Mm. That's like my Musina, baby. She's That's baby incredible. sis. That's like family. One hundred percent. Yeah, man. One hundred percent. Yeah, and y'all's cover of uh God rest ye merry gentlemen. Oh yeah, I need you to send me that. I love yeah. that song. For years, <laughs> I kept doing. I would do that with different artists every year. I was I would just pick an artist, hit them up, like yeah, you want to do a Christmas song together? You know. And, mm -hmm. and I'll send them the music and then put some shit on it and we put it out. I did it with Doobie Powell. I did it with Kim Burrell. I did it with her. I did it with a few different people. Doobie Powell. And we just throw it out. Throw it out there for, you know, for fun. But that joint, the Nora Jones joint, so me and Nora went to jazz camp together in high school in 11th grade. Matter of fact, Amir, you have something to do with this too. Wait, uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a connector? You're a connector. You don't even know it. You don't even know it. So... Uh, me and Nora went to high school to, to jazz camp together in 11th grade. So that's where I knew her from. Then when I got to New York, I saw her maybe my freshman year at, at, she was at my college in the practice room at my college at the piano. I looked in there, I was like, Nora? And I walked in there, I was like, what are you doing? She's like, oh, she's like, oh, I'm working on the demo. I was mm. like, oh, dope. Next time I saw her was on TV winning all the damn Grammys. Ooh. After that, after that, I sat in with The Roots at Radio City. Remember you did the two nights at Radio City? Um, oh, crap. I forgot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, that was one of the... When people ask me some of my top moments being on stage of crazy shit. Oh, that's, that's right. We did... Remember when Jay-Z came? Yeah. Oh! Dude, that, Jay that's back when showed up. didn't know that he could play Radio City musical. <laughs> Dude... I forgot. We, I'll never moment forget in that life shit. Where... <laughs> yeah, and I the, forgot. And, yeah, and no, that dude, was a great I'll never night. forget. In the ear, in the in ears, you were like, "Jay Z's here." <laughs> blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and we, we did a, we did a, boom, boom, boom. Yeah, yeah. We did. we start playing. Yeah. We did Jay Z walked out and had his back to the audience and a hoodie on, and the lights was off. We start playing and that no baseline, and no one knew he was coming. When we start playing that bass line, the lights flash. He pulled his hoodie up like this, still with his back to the audience. Mm. And they the still amount, didn't uh, and Dude, when they when he turned around, dude, the amount of like, ah! It was so crazy, bro. Like, I'll never forget that moment. I'll never forget that moment. Wow. And that's where I, I met Dave, too. So that's where I met Chappelle, too. I gave him a piano lesson backstage at that show. Oh, so you're the one that taught him after midnight? Around midnight. He's still, yeah, so around midnight. He's still playing that shit. <laughs> still playing that shit. He played it. At, he did a solo piano at my Blue Note residency last October. He went on stage by himself and played around midnight on my piano by himself. And thank you. And walked off. <laughs> now, he's been playing that for like 20. He played that at Nigga. the block party. Like he's for been. Real. It's, he it's been real. Real. Off forever. But anyway, at that show, a radio city show, after it, they had a after party thing upstairs or something like that. And I'm sitting on, I'm sitting on next to you. 
talking mm-hmm. or next somebody next to you, like maybe one or two people over from you. And I reached for some ice and Nora was on the other side of you and she reached for some ice. And that's what we were, I'm like, oh shit, <laughs> Nora, <laughs> what's up? Wow. And then we got each other, we changed numbers and that's how we just kept, kept in connection, you know, from that, you know, but she killed that joint, man. I love Nora. I love hearing Nora in other situations. Her voice mm. is so dope. You know, yeah. her voice and that was a great like, song. I really love that song, man. She really dope. dope. Let it ride. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, let it let ride. It ride. Yeah. And, and Messina was sick. She didn't want to write it. I sent it to Messina, and I said, and I didn't know who was going to sing it yet. I just, I wrote the song, and I was like, I need mm-hmm. some lyrics. And I sent it to Messina, hey, write something to this. And I, I need, I need to get it done by this week. I don't know who's going to sing it, but write it. And she was like, oh, I'm really sick. I don't feel. I said, write the damn song, Messina. <laughs> write the song. And she's like, oh, yeah. okay. And wrote that joint and sent it to me the next day. Who, and then Nora you, came in. Who have you yet to, uh, I guess, fulfill bucket list wise? I mean, I'm sure there's everybody, but what close calls have you had with your projects that you didn't get a chance to work with yet? Um, I don't say her name. What? <laughs> <laughs> As I was asking this question, I'm like, oh, God, no. What do you think I'm going to say? <laughs> Oh, you you don't remember the Oh Yeah. Boom. Uh Mel the room. That's not <laughs> there, stop. Oh, okay. Oh, I'm about to say, let's go. Broke. <laughs> <laughs> I is that this, so hard. What? She that's a mayor, call her up, man. What you doing? Nah, it, yeah. It, <laughs> like before Solange Solange came through like a champ and Yeah, Solange came through like a champ. Oh, and that so that she was gonna do that the, the little dragon cover? That yeah, was a mail. Yes. Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, but what's she doing? What's she doing? What's the male doing? What's she at? What's she doing? We we try to make it happen. It, yeah. It didn't, yeah. It didn't really work out for happen. us very oh, well. Okay. So okay. yeah. Mm-hmm. So then who, yeah. So then who else then? Who else? <laughs> Salon, uh, Salon's from Houston. I'm here. You know, she I, look, I have a song in my computer. I did a song with Adita Baker. <gasps> hmm. Ooh, How was it for yo? Was it for the Blue Note album that like never yes. came out? Yes, because she oh, covered. Anita, she did, right? yeah. yeah, she did a cover of "Lately" by Tyrese, which on paper sounds insane. Wait, what? Wait, what? I believe, Wait, I believe nigga. it. I believe Anita, bro. Wait, you never heard this rap? You never heard <laughs> no, this? No, no. Bro, Anita Baker covered "Lately" by Tyrese, and it is fucking amazing, nigga. She bodied that shit. Oh, it's my like gosh. it's the only. It's like one of her only songs. If it's still on, because you know, ain't none of her shit on streaming. It's like one of the only joints. Of hers that's like on streaming services. That came out? That song came out? That, that song came out. That came out. Real? Oh my gosh. And she bodied that shit, bro. I like, I was like, lately she covered lately? Nigga. Dude. She hung that shit. Yeah, no. I was uh it happened because we were both on Blue Note at the same time. And Don was was trying to hook us up. Yes. Yes. Like, he also hooked me up with Shaka Khan. I pro- I was I produced a half a record on Shaka. I have four songs on Shaka. Right. We're gonna do a whole. We're went in to do a whole album because he okay. gave her Black Radio and was like, "You check this guy out to do your album." Because she was going to do a record with Blue Note, so she's like, "Oh my god, I love it!" I met up with her. Boom, boom. We went and did a week in L.A. We did like four or five songs, and then her deal with Blue Note went. Eh, some went left, so yeah. I got five songs of Shaka in my computer that yeah. I don't know ever going to come out. But with Anita, um, she was working finishing that album. She was finishing it up. And I tweeted, I was landing in LA. I'll never forget it. I tweeted, I'm in LA, blah, 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 blah. She tweeted me, 
oh, come by the studio. I was like, what? What? <laughs> I did. They're like, I need her. She's like, yeah, come by the studio and listen to some of the stuff I've been doing. Her son is a DJ. He goes to, he would, at the time, he's like going to Berkeley. He's a big fan of mine. So, oh, wow. you know, okay. that helps, you know. Right, thing. right, right. You know what I mean? So I went by the studio. She played me the album and she was like, what do you think? And I even fixed some stuff for her keyboard parts and some stuff. She's like, you know, did some things mm-hmm. on there. And she was like, man, if I would have known you were coming to town, I would have did a song with you. I said, don't play. I said, I'll write a song right now. I said, I'll, I'm, I'll, I'm, I'll say, I'm in town right now. Right now. <laughs> she was like, I mean, but I got to turn in this album in two days. I was like, Anita. Yeah, we I'll got time. It's two days. Bro, look. First of all, when I walked to the studio, she was making ribs. Let's just talk about this for a second. Nigga, yes. Blackness. First of all, the blackness. Of it. Unmit, the vocal booth was next to the kitchen. Mm. It's the same studio, same studio, <laughs> same studio she did Angel in. Same studio she did Angel in. Oh, wow. All of them in. Same one. Oh, because she's on Beverly Glen Records. Beverly Glen. She's still yeah. using that record? That's, that's what, that's, well, back then when I did that song, that was a few years ago. When I did that song, when I did that, yes. So... She had an oven mitts and everything. You hungry? I'm, ma- I'm making some ribs. I'm like, what? Uh-huh, nigga? Ribs? This is, I love this it. doesn't get any better. Anita Baker offered me ribs in the studio. She did Angel at I'm good. Mm-hmm. So anyway, uh, when she said that, I was like, Anita, I'm going to write something for you right now. I literally went to the piano. I swear to God, I wrote some shit. In like ten- I live and breathe Anita Baker. Like, giving you the best that I got is yes. one of the reasons why. Mm-hmm. That's yes. one of the reasons. Between giving you the best that I got and compositions. And- Com- between that, my mom had the compositions. People, <laughs> look. Hey man, I mean, it Rapture's right. Rapture. Rapture's like Thriller, so it's like you can't even count that after a while. Yeah, right, right, right. You and the fans always want to outdo someone by letting you know that compositions is your record. Nigga, that's the one, man. Shit, that composition was a motherfucker. Look, between that and and Luther Vandross albums, Matt Adley Jr. Yes. Those were those sounds made me want to play piano, period. Like, because that's all we heard. I heard that in the house a lot. Anyway, I wrote the song in like 10 minutes. I went over Andre Harris's crib. I said, Yo, I need you to put some shit on here for Anita Baker. Dre was like, Cool. Nigga put drums, bass, guitar, did that shit in about an hour. We called Sir over. Sir came over to the crib. And did his own shit and wrote the song, sang it down. We mm. emailed her the song that night. She learned it that night. Came to the studio, sang it down in one take. Wow. wow. And then said, then said this to me. She said, only in my life, three times, has a song fit me like a couture dress. This is the third. Oh. Wow. I didn't what know what the, the other couture dress was. I didn't know what that shit was. I was like, what's a couture? I don't know what that is. Oh, my God. <laughs> I didn't know what the hell that was. I, I, I forgot. All right. Oh, Houston. Right. Represent. All I'm right. No, no. Yeah, I don't know. But anyway, she was like, she was like, what's that? I don't know what the hell that is. I was like, uh, so, so. Speaking Tupac, of which, shout Tupac, out to Steve Harvey. Couture. Couture. Yeah, was that, that Pac's brother? Couture. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's Shupac Couture. No, that, that's not Um, But yeah, she said that. She was like, there was a thing that George Duke did for her. Some kind of arrangement of something. And uh-huh. then I forget the other song, but she was like, "This is the third. She do. She literally sung it down wow. in one take. But Ooh, it, what it, it never. Like, what it? What it sound? What? What it sound? What it? Where is it now? Yeah, where in my, I need... in my computer. 
Yeah. In that computer that you talking to us on? Is that, is in that it? computer I'm talking to y'all. Right. Yeah. Is it in that one? In that computer, in that computer with, with it, Gmail on it? Or at least a good quick time. The one with quick time or That computer with a Dropbox on it? What a play button. Just a play button. Is it a play button on it? Triangle thing, triangle. Every six hours with my airdrop. Okay. Man, but my so my dream, I want to. I'm going to hit her up because I want to. I want to see if I can use it for Black Radio Three. That's what Hell I want to do. Hell yeah, yes. I want to do it so bad. Yes, so, uh, that, that's my hopes well, for then, it. There Man, goes your George, you, you mentioned you mentioned George Duke. Did you have you yeah. and him before he died? Did y'all ever hook up or? Dude, anything? I opened up for George for like nine shows in Europe. Oh, he mm-hmm. he never remembered me after any of the shows. <laughs> 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 you know, people like that, they up in there, George, you know, it, and this was back in like, I don't know, oh, 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 eight, oh, nine. You know, I was on yeah, yeah. for like three years. So, you know, I wasn't shit really, you know, so I'm not tripping because he's George Duke, you know what I mean? But yeah. after each show in different cities, I'd be like, hey, hey, Mr. Duke, how you doing, man? He'd be like, hey, nice to meet you, brother. with that face, like, who are you? <laughs> and I'd be like, I'm, I'm Rob, I play key, um, keys early. Um, earlier before you start every and every <laughs> every country. night yeah every night <laughs> but you know he ain't coming to the sound you know to the the shows before him so you know but then we finally got to connect in a real way at international jazz day not that one i talked about but mm-hmm. before and it was in um turkey and me him and herbie like got a chance to hang out and sit down and talk and you know what i mean chop it up in that in that in that situation as and peers, he passed, almost. Then he literally yeah. passed. I'm not the peer of them, but uh, he literally passed a few months. I mean, he knew later. your name. That's what I'm saying. Like, he, he knew my name. He knew I was <laughs> right. there. He, <laughs> right. he knew I played keys. He knew I played keys. That's as far as I got. But then, yeah, he passed a few, a few days, a few, a few months later after that. Tired of spills and stains on your sofa? Wash away your worries with Annabay. Annabay, the only sofa that's machine washable inside and out where designer quality meets budget-friendly prices. That's right, sofas from only $639. Anabay brings you a no-risk experience with pet-friendly, stain-resistant, and changeable slipcovers made with performance fabric, cloud-like comfort with high-resilience foam, and hypoallergenic featherless down that needs no fluffing. Their steel frame ensures longevity, and you can rearrange the modular pieces anytime. And here's the cherry on top, up to 60% off site-wide. It's backed by a 30-day satisfaction guarantee, so if you're not absolutely in love, send it back for a full refund. No return shipping or restocking fees. Every penny back. Join the revolution of easy, clean, stylish living with up to 60% off at anabay.com. That's A-N-A-B-E-I.com. Offers are subject to change, and certain restrictions may apply. Okay, so I feel silly. Because as much traveling as I do, and as many Airbnbs that I stay in, because that's the only way I travel, I really have never considered my own space. I mean, think about it. What if you can make money for your next vacation while you're on vacation? And I know what you're thinking. You're like, my house is just not fancy enough. I just can't do the things. You're sleeping on your space. I'm sleeping on my space. Yes, I'm talking to myself. And I really don't even have to use my whole place. I could just Airbnb a room. I know how this works. Because again, I use Airbnb. Duh. I mean, just think about it. Most of us that use Airbnb are only using it for 50% of its power. We're spending the money, but we're not making the money. What if we could do both? Whoa, mind blowing. And your home really might be worth more than you think. Find out how much 
at airbnb.com slash host. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Yeah. All right, so who who is the the hero figure Herbie. that... All right, there you go. No, no. what are you going to say? What are you going to say? I, no, when you say I'm hero, certain, Herbie I'm comes certain. to mind. Herbie, I was just it? about to ask you, what is it like? Because, I mean, I, the, the last show I went to of yours, you did this whole thing. You was like, oh, I'm about to go take a bathroom break. And you was like, I'm going to have somebody fill in for me real quick. And it was Herbie Hancock. And I was yeah. like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, what does that feel like to be you and Her- have that relationship with that man? Man, he's so awesome. And he loves to he loves to be around because he... You know, he got that from Miles, I think, you know, just like, you know, mm-hmm. wanting to soak up the younger energy and just be around. He's been you know on I mean? that, so, even since he Rocket. On that. Like, that was him. Yeah. Yeah, he... That was always him. So, yeah, that's my dude, man. Like, I love Herbie. He's so open and cool and honest. He just pulls up. Like, he always pulls up. Pulls up to the shows, pulls up to my last record. He's on my last record, Fuck Your Feelings, because I, I was, he just heard I was in the studio and just pulled up. <laughs> I was like, oh shit, you know, okay, cool. And he pulled up to, to uh fucking uh Henson. And I was like, yo, I was oh, like, oh, wow. did well, you hear you wanna you know Ponte, <laughs> yeah. just speaking to your point, okay. Me and Herbie talked maybe two, three weeks ago. He said this is the longest time he's ever gone without touching his piano. Oh wow. He said he's in the same funk. He was like, man, I'm not even, I don't feel like, you know, he's like, I've never gone seven months or <laughs> wherever long it's been without <laughs> touching my piano. He's like, it's Yo, just man. sitting there. He's like, he was just, it's just sitting there, you know? Wow. You know, so I was like, Sometimes Damn, you okay. got to take a break. Sometimes 100%. You got you yeah. to gotta take a break and then come back to it. I, I was going to ask, I think it's different for keyboard players now because of the, of the, the advanced way that technology moves in your world. Whereas at least with me personally, like I'm not too interested in, you know, like new drums and, you know, the the company always be like, you know, these are special trees that we used in Japan to make it, you know, and I'm, I always tell them like, give me the trashy, give me me the high school set. It's all in your touch anyway. It's all in your touch anyway. Right. So, as far as being a, 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 are you a gearhead or are you just using the same kind of I modern equipment? Not that everyone's a, using? I am not. You know what? Because when people were doing gear shit, I was just practicing on being really good at the piano. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I've yeah. never, because my whole thing was always acoustic piano. So that's been my thing for a, such a long time. Even when I got signed to Blue Note, piano trio shit. 
acoustic piano. It wasn't even keyboards yet. I wasn't even using yeah. keyboards. For a while, they were putting piano, acoustic pianos in clubs for me because I didn't want to play jazz clubs anymore. I wanted to play cool shit, hip hop venues and shit like that. And I was mm. trying to get grand pian- pianos in there. So Stein would put pianos in there for me and shit, but a lot of times that sound would be fucked up. It wouldn't sound good, you know what I mean? And so <laughs> I ended up like, okay, let me get the key. Let me do the keyboard thing. But I've never really been a gearhead at all. People think I am for some reason, but yeah. nah. To I'm me, not. it always seemed like I think that's the gearhead thing is more so for people who think of themselves as producers first, or right. and yeah. you always kind of seem like a a player, you know, primarily. Yeah, you, you know I'm like, I mean? oh, we need strings. I know a string player that can do that. Like even when we did when we fucking did the the uh, twice. You know, Amir wasn't like, yo, pull up some string sounds. He called right. some cellos and violins. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> we know those guys. We don't need the patch. I know them. Mm-hmm. That's right, right. I'm always, that's, you know, and all the patches, they're like, but it sounds real. This one sounds realer than that one. I'm like, I know real people. I know real I'm people. Good. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I know the real I, I, I know the patch. Bad. I don't need the patch, nigga. I'm the plug. But yeah. I, would, I would imagine Y'all that. Y'all keeping musicians employed. That's dope. Yeah. And obviously, obviously, you got to tap into it a little bit because you can't just get musicians like this anymore, especially now. So that's why now I've been even tapping to it, tapping into just sounds and getting all the plugins and stuff like that. Even if even if it's for demo, demo sake, you know what I mean? I'll do stuff like that. But I'm just such a live person. That's just my thing. You know, I would imagine like, you know, I'll say like maybe what Steve like once every four months the rolling guy comes in with new toys and whatnot and we're like oh it's like Christmas all over again <laughs> like I'm certain that every keyboard maker from Yamaha to roll like all these guys are like yeah, dropping I was, shit off to you try our product try our product well here's here's the thing though I was on Yamaha for a long time but they wasn't giving me that love you were talking about. I was like, hey, yeah, I left Yamaha too. (laughs) Yeah, because I'm like, yo, why am I having to call the MD for Alicia Keys to get to the head of Yamaha keyboards? I'm actually a keyboard player, but I have R&B Grammys and hip hop Grammys and shit. I'm here. Hey, this works for you guys, you Mm. know, but the MDs of the people get those people, get those looks. And I'm like, yo, but I'm an actual piano player. Like, you know what I mean? Like. I should get those looks and I wasn't getting them. So I left. And, and i like you said before, everybody else is like, yo, for, for years wanted me. So I'm on Korg now, you know, and they, oh, they treat okay. me, they, they're great. I have to stop them from giving me shit. You're right. I do. Yeah. How many, well, the thing is, is that when keyboards are manufactured and they put all those patches inside of one thing, like, does it matter how much product they make? Like, isn't it just the same version of? Basically, but for me, what interests me in keyboards initially, too, was because I started needing to use a keyboard on the road when I was playing my shows, and I needed something that felt good, that felt close to a piano as possible, mm-hmm. and that sounded as close to a piano as possible. So that's when I became interested in plugins and interested in different keyboards because, you know, but so the one I have now, the one I use now, the Kronos feels the best when it comes to me having to get around like that. You know what I mean? Like really get around. So for me, it was always that what felt the best, you know, because at my shows, yeah, I I use a piano and I always have a Fender Rhodes and then Mm -hmm. I have something on top, 
you know, some kind of like I, I have a smaller Kronos on top for my extra little sounds here and there. But for years, I didn't have to do a lot of sounds because I had Casey Benjamin. He had a million sounds in this shit. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, I remember we did that gig at, uh, that a sound at the Poison Rouge. We, yeah. The Poison Rouge with years ago, and he was... I think you were playing. You were you playing the lead, the Nord lead, the little red keyboard. Yeah, the, yeah I think yeah. you were playing that at night. And Casey had yeah you know, all the shit million. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm just. Not, I'm not really interested in a, a, a lot of sounds. I like piano. I like roads. I like a few leads and a, a pad every now and then. But I like to, you know. I know those guys who are great at those sounds, and I even hire those guys. Yeah. To come do sounds. Hey, you want to make some sounds? You do that. Wow. It, it frees me up. It frees me up to just do what I want to do. You know. Hey. I was just gonna ask you about um the Miles project that I yeah. was like honored fucking to be on, like yep, just to, yep. to log into my ASCAP and see a song and it's Fonte Cove and Miles Davis. Like nigga, what? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like for like for real, for real. Like yeah. so, I yeah. I mean, I've told you this a billion times. But I just want to mm-hmm. say in front of everybody, brother, thank you so much for oh, that. Oh, for sure, for sure. Um, but um, but no, nah, man, I wanted to ask you like so when they give you just carte blanche and say, all right, do whatever. How, I guess, how much of an undertaking is that? And how involved is his family in that? In you know, kind of, you know, making sure that, you know, yeah. the shit is done tastefully or whatever. Yeah, like, yeah. what was that process like, man? Just doing that. Well, everything's beautiful nephew. album. It actually. Yeah, it was his nephew, right? Yeah. yeah. His, they, it, it was Vince, his nephew. And yeah. I've been knowing Vince for years and he's always, he's, he's a fan of the music. And he, you know, he knows that I'm a, I, I shadow a lot of what Miles already did. And I, and I think mm. like that and I look, see what, you know, so he hit me up about it. First, I was already doing the score for the movie. I was in the middle of right, that. Right. That the, the John Miles Cheeto ahead, did, Miles Ahead. Yeah. I was already in the middle of the movie. And then Sony hit me up about doing that, doing the, cause it was about to be his 90th birthday or something. I think at that time, okay. um, it's going to be his 90th birthday. And they were like, we want to do a remix album, blah, blah. And I was like, I'll only do it if it's, I don't want to do a remix album. Like, I'm not interested in putting some Miles Trumpets over a hip hop beat. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, that's been done. I don't want to do that. I said, the only way I'll do it is if you let me in the vault and let me take what I want. And they were mm-hmm. like, okay. So they gave me eight hours <laughs> to go. Oh, eight the hours vault? in the vault. Nigga, oh, okay. I had eight hours in the vault. Oh, I thought you'd be eight hours up to do the album. I was like, God damn. No, what? no, no. They gave me eight hours in the vault. Okay, <laughs> so, gotcha. That's way so, too little. <laughs> way too little. I took as much as I possibly could in that time because they didn't want to let me in the vault ori- originally. You know what I'm saying? But it was like a, a back and forth and my people, their people. And then it finally was like, okay, we'll give you eight hours, you know? How much got, unre- unreleased miles was in there? I have a lot of shit. <laughs> what, what, what were they? What 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 were you taking? I'll take. Damn, Steve I'll comes take. alive. Right, right. Hi, Steve. How you doing? Hey, uh, Steve. Well, oh shit, I'm there saying, you are. Look, <laughs> where are you? <laughs> well, what 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 were you taking? MP3s, tapes. What, what are you talking about? No, just MP3s and shit. Yeah, I, I did. The, I brought my hard drive in, and they were just like, "Take what you want. What do you want to pull up now? What album you want to pull up now?" Blah blah. blah. You wow. know, some some oh, so some they had stuff it all digitized. They had it all some, digitized. Yeah. Some stuff was two track, which you can't do much with. But then they had shit that was like eight tracks, and you know, mm. Herbie shit. soloed. Herbie I just and, want and him is, cursing out uh, Tio. I got so much. <laughs> I got yeah. I got that. I got him <laughs> cursing out Ron. Shit. I got him cur- talking shit, cursing out, uh, talking to Ron Carter when he was trying to learn freedom jazz dance. Yeah. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I wait. Did I share this previously on another? I found out something 
that I don't think the jazz world is aware of. What? I was recently told by a lot of jazz, I had to ask at least six of them. Right. I did not realize that Ron Carter does not know how to solo good. <laughs> so someone someone brought this up to me when I was asking my 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 other my older jazz heads about stuff. Right, right. And to them, they're baffled that one of the most iconic hip hop yeah. samples, and they're referencing um the McCoy Tyner um oh. sample for the choice is yours with Ron Carter. Oh, okay. And Ron Carter's on bass doing that. And I guess the the whole thing is that they're laughing at the irony <laughs> right. that the world's worst soloist. <laughs> and I was like, it's the you most guys famous blasphemy so. right now. They're like, no, 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 no. Ron's a perfect foundation for music, but if you notice. He Miles never gave him a solo on any of no. his records. Nope. And I was like, I don't believe this shit. Yep. And then I went back and for a whole month listened to every one uh Miles Davis couldn't find one. Nope. So if I there's was like, anything, it was just a walking solo. If there was one. It was just him if walking. If there was one, like there was I, one. he was there yep. just as foundation. I yep, exactly. And then when I was like, wait a minute, why is that so? Because Ron Carter is just like. He's like, no, this is y'all fault. Is that's tribe's fault? That's, y'all made y'all made the worst musician in Miles Davis' arsenal king. And I'm like, this is blasphemy. But I didn't realize. Like, how do you judge? Maybe I don't know. Like, yeah. How do you know yeah. if a cat is real or not? <laughs> well, that's it depends on the instrument because the reality is, no, most people don't want to hear a bass solo anyway. Thank really? you. Thank you. Well, you went to school with Christian McBride. You went to school with the most incredible bass soloist in the history of jazz music. So you have a different outlook on it. But most people don't want to hear bass solos. That's when you go to the bathroom, man. All that. (laughs) Wait, that's the joke. Yeah. (laughs) No, I acknowledge. I I I believe that Chris is. I mean, next to Mingus, like I feel like Chris is the god of jazz bass. So maybe I am spoiled. But period. There has no. There's never been a soloist. Like Christian McBride, that's not even that's not yeah. even up for debate. There's not one person that's even close to a jazz bass soloist like McBride is. No one gets around like that. It's true. No bass player makes other instruments scared to play after them, except Christian McBride. <laughs> when they solo, I've had this conversation with all everybody. He's the only bass player that when he solos, you're like, "Fuck, what am I? What am I going to play?" You know what I'm saying? <laughs> wow. Like most bass, most basses stay in their bass range and they don't have much vocabulary because you don't you don't get to work out as much you don't get to solo as much you have this one bass solo in a set at best you know what i'm saying but everybody else that's what you do your job okay, is so, to just yeah so without not, you without you throwing your contemporaries under or your idols under yeah, yeah. but i i always want like and this is weird because comedians have a whole nother standard i i guess i have a you know like when i criticize Kanye's patches. Yeah. You know, his drum patches or whatever. And mm-hmm. even Kanye himself. Now I feel like Brandon keep it to Marcella the sub, keep it to the keep, keep it to the optimism. <laughs> Ask him, he'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> he'll no, tell you. but it's just like, you know, I hear people just dismiss it as like, oh, you have like dog whistle ears, like you hear something that we can't hear. But right. you know, right. like right. when I hear a producer, I could tell like based on 
their, you know, the way they, they chop their their patches and what yeah. they use and their arrangement and their yeah. tone and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, stuff that I can hear that the average person can't hear. But yeah, how do you know? Like my dad would know how good a musician was based on how they played ballads. He okay. make them yeah. play a ballad. And yep. he was like, I can instantly tell who is good and who's not good when you play, when you give them the easiest shit in the world to play and they yeah. fall apart in front of them. So what's your, you're what's your standard? Yeah, no, that, that, that's a good one too. So as a piano player, when you play a ballad, you're exposed because now it's, it's really about your touch and there's mm-hmm. space there. So what, how much knowledge do you have to fill up that space? What, what can you do to fill up that space? A lot and of people feel like- about it. And be tasteful about it. A lot of people feel like, especially piano players, they feel like when I go to shit like Nam or stuff like that, it's a million piano players, everybody's trying to play you still giant to steps. I went, one, I went twice in my life. I had oh, to go black. I did a thing for Korg just re- recently. I did a, 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 a show there for Korg. And oh, so, dude, it's, yeah, you already know. Anyway, yeah, everybody wants to play the fastest thing they possibly can, giant steps or some shit like that. And there, when you play shit <laughs> fast, you don't have to have touch. It's not about touch. It's not about this, not about that. And it goes by so fast, you're not paying attention. But with piano players, you can, like, I can sit down, I can see a piano player sit down, and in five seconds, I can know what I'm about to hear. Sometimes I can do it just by your posture and what you, how you hold your hands a lot of times. I can tell, okay, <laughs> you actually don't play jazz. You have to play church organ. But mm. you're playing piano today. Like, for instance, you see me play organ, you think I don't play keys because I suck at organ. I know real <laughs> organ players. Right. I know Cedric Mitchell and Corey Henry and James Poison, these kind of cats. I'm not an organ player. So there's hear, a difference you know, can, in the technique? 100 percent it's a different instrument so the shit that Corey does like that would you would have to practice a lot to get to that 100 the when he plays chords now lines is different like lines on organ are easy because the keys are plastic and there's no weight a real Mm -hmm. piano has weight so you could when you can tell somebody's real chops when they play a piano because that's when the weight's there you know what i mean that's when your dexterity gotta be right yeah, yeah. Mm. if you're slow on organ, you're I don't I got I, I can't help you. It's, <laughs> it's a plastic key, you're supposed to be fast. You know what I mean? But chord, yeah, any organ player that's really good, moving from chord to chord, it's a fucking spider technique. Like yeah, everything has to be connected and you voice things different because you're used to having bass pedals. So your voicings up here are different. Piano players are not used to having bass pedals. We have to play bass here. So our, our voicings are different to make it full because we have to make it full to here. Organ players have the pedals. So they're the, just their their chord, the structure of the chord and stuff, mm. be like, what the hell? You know? So immediately you can tell what they somebody plays by like sitting sitting down, you know what I mean? And yeah, and the vocabulary is super easy to tell immediately. You know, that and that's then Rhodes very, players is another thing too. Like I know like Rhodes bands I play. Yeah. That's a whole yeah. other thing. Like, yeah. Yeah, Rhodes is okay. yeah, yeah. Everybody that plays piano can't play Rhodes and vice versa. Facts. And Facts. organ. Ah, and like all those I are learned. different touches and different vibes and like. 100%. So what's your accordion game like? Uh, I'm crazy on the accordion. I'm crazy on the accordion. Depends <laughs> on which one you're talking about. You dumb joke. I don't play the fucking accordion. <laughs> I do know one that's amazing, though. I used to see him with Jeff Tane Watts on Monday nights at the Zig Bar years ago. Really? Accordion and, and Tane. He was smashing. Wow. Smashing, bro. <laughs> Wait a minute. Swear to God. How do, how's it feel to be the person that got Malcolm Jamal Warner his first Grammy? His first Grammy. Wow. <laughs> man yeah. got P.O. Grammy, son. Yeah. <laughs> wrong with you know that? what's funny? You know what's crazy about that, though? That wasn't supposed to happen. Most of my stuff on Black Radio, I tell 
everybody all the time. It's like, whenever I make an album, the universe is always a co-producer because it never goes how I want it to go all the way. And I know that. Listen. I know that going in, I'm okay with it because great things, better things have happened because the universe is like, look, nigga, this is what's going to happen. So chill the fuck. This is, can't do shit about it. So <laughs> when I did the song, Jesus Children of America, it was, mm. it was in, 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 in Ode to the Children of the Sandy Hook tragedy. Mm-hmm. Mm. That morning of the actual tragedy, I was doing a Stevie tribute. I believe Amir, you came and sat in. Was it that, mo- that day or the next day? We did two nights at Harlem stage of a Stevie Wonder tribute. Damn, man. I, I need you to round just to remind me of shit. Yes. Yeah. Got, yes. And you can, and, and Amir came by. It might've been, so it was two nights. The first night was of that day that that tragedy happened. Mm-hmm. And we did another night. And you came one of those nights. I can't remember which one. And that was my first time doing that arrangement of Jesus Children of America with Layla. Yes. For, 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 mm-hmm. for them. And it was that that day that happened. I woke up and my good friend Jimmy Jimmy Green, his daughter was killed in that. Oh wow, Jimmy! She was the first yeah. Jimmy. She was in yeah, first he, grade. He sat in with us on the show a few times. Yeah, she was in first grade, and so that fucked me up because I have at this point I have a son. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. oh shit, shit hits you harder when you have kids. Things that happen with kids. If you don't have kids, it's one thing. When once you have a kid, it's a whole no. I can't even watch movies the same. You know, when you have a kid, everything's different. Like, oh, shit. So anyway, fast forward, when Black Radio time came around, I told Layla, hey, I want to do Jesus Church in America. You know, she's like, okay. She came in, and like, as usual, as she did for the Shaw Day song, oh, for Black God. Radio 1, one, one take. Mm. Cherish the Day was one take. She was reading the lyrics on her phone. It mm-hmm. was actually, the, it was the sound check. She was, right beforehand, wow. she said, mic check one, two, mic check one, two. Mm-mm. That's why I faded it in. Because right before that, she was checking her mic. And that take you here is the sound check. So when she finished, she was like, okay, I'm ready. I was like, thanks. We're good. Nah, that was it. <laughs> that was it. She did the same thing for Jesus Children of America. Jesus Children of America. She came in, did that shit one time, one take. I don't have bonus tracks of Layla. I don't have bonus shit of Layla. Because she just does not one take and I'm good. I'm like, I'm good. Love it. And anyway, we did the song. And in my mind, I was going to get Jimmy Green to do a poem for his daughter in that song, you know, mm-hmm. in the actual song. And so I was reaching out to him and, and, you know, trying to see if he wanted to do it. And my other friend who's really close to him, Otis, was like, man, this is not a good time for Jimmy, you know, blah, blah, blah. So he couldn't do it. Malcolm had hit me like, yo, I want to come hang out at the studio next time you're in the studio. So I hit Malcolm like, yo, we'll come hang out at the studio. I'm doing some, I'm mixing some songs, blah, blah, blah. And we started mixing Jesus Children in America. And, he, and I told him, I was like, I was trying to get a poem on here. He was like, dude, you know I'm a poet. Right? I was like, right? I forgot about that. You are, huh? <laughs> he, was like, he was like, bro, give me a stab at it. I'm going to go, I'll go write something right now. Aww. Give me a stab. You don't have to use it if you don't want it. He went to the, we're in, we're in uh, Westlake. And he went upstairs, took it like an hour, wrote it, came down, spit it. And then that was it. That was it. Wow, man. Surprise. Yeah, bro. Man. Yeah, bro. But a lot of those things were Black Radio. That's a Black Radio actually album. The actual album, I canceled it like four times because it was too hard to make because nobody's schedule was lining up. <laughs> so I literally wow. said, fuck it. We'll do it next year or some shit four times. And then out of the blue, my manager hit me. I was on tour. I was on tour with my band. And my manager hit me like, I don't know what happened, but every guest is available next week in L.A. And this is for like, Black Radio 1 or 2? 1. 
This one. Is one. Okay, gotcha. In LA, everybody's available. Has it been in around LA. Grammy time? Yeah, I was like, oh shit. Yeah, that's the. No, one. yeah, it might have been. It might have been. It right. might have been. Everybody yeah, was January, there. January, February is where you catch all your. Right. <laughs> yeah, the same yeah. Thing. yeah. <laughs> so I was like, oh shit. Okay, so I canceled my tour and I flew. <laughs> I flew in and I flew right and I, I went right to uh, what's the girl King's house. That was when King oh, started having a little. And Amber. Yes. That's when they had a little, and Amir, you were like talking about King and Erica. Yeah. And my friend, Megan, she was happened to kind of be managing them at the time. Yeah, at the time, bit, I remember know? Megan was, Megan oh, the and she was, And I told her, I was like, man, I want to get them on the record. I think that'd be dope. They got some fire now. Talk. So Y'all I went to move their house, joint. move love. And I went to their house and I to, to meet them and to write the song. And they happened to have a washer and dryer. And I had just came from Europe. I went straight to their crib. <laughs> I got laundry. So I was like, nigga. <laughs> I, 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 I wrote some chords and I said, okay, y'all finish it. I went to the laundry room and did laundry while they were writing the song. And in the middle of that, I had Lupe come over to their house to meet up with him to give him the idea I had for him to do what he's going to do for the record. Yeah. And then I had most come over a little bit later. So they were freaking out. They were like, what? Oh my God. You know, most came over a little bit later so I could tell him, Hey, this is what I'm thinking about doing, blah, 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 blah. Tomorrow when you come to the studio, you know, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. But, but that's, and then literally that's just how it, that would happen. That, that, that process was, Black Radio 1 was a five, was five days of recording. Shit. And then Black Radio 2 was like six days of recording. You know? So, Man, on Black Radio 2, we have to ask a, a guest that we had earlier. Bill does music, oh, Lord Jesus. Does music like, oh, uh, yeah. Oh, because <laughs> <laughs> he likes oh, that song. That's a good I, 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 question. That's a little blue well, that's, no, that's a real it's question. Valid. It's valid. I love that well, song. It's, it's valid. valid. He don't like it. What, what do you say? He don't like I, his no, 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 no. song. So we, he, he don't. He has a he has a very complex relationship with his back catalog. Okay. When we had him okay. on the show, we didn't specifically ask him about this song. Yeah, we so, did. So no, he didn't slander that. We didn't ask him about it. It's a good song. But, but no, that shit is hard as fuck. Yeah. But like, what was the, what was it like recording that? Did he, so, did he into it or what was it? He loved, matter of fact, last time I saw him live, I, I just happened to be in Oakland and I saw he was at Yoshi's and I just walked in and he was playing all year. He was singing. Ah, okay, so like, he liked no. it. He liked it. You okay, like okay. yeah. you know. likes it. Hey, Mike. But oh yeah, favorite. that's another universe. That's another universe thing because I I flew to Atlanta. I did the music already. I flew to Atlanta so he could um, write the song, and we went to studio. And that's why he liked it. The first night, the first night we were in the studio, he came up with the hook and blah blah blah. They were like, we had another night, so. The next day, matter of fact, you have something to do with this, Fonte. We never talked okay. about this. Okay, because I'm tired of having some. I know. To do I think you. I know what this is. If it's okay, go ahead. I was in Atlanta, and I the next day, you Ford Exchange was having a show at some festival or something okay. in Atlanta. It might have been one day. music fest. It might have been. been yo, back. yo, that's right. Because we hit you. Yeah, you came on stage, and I came absolutely. on stage and sat in with y'all. Hell yeah, and, that shit was dope as fuck. I remember. And Chrisette Michelle was there. I think she yep. played after you. Yep, and she did. I saw Chrisette. I, like, I didn't I say like, nothing. First of all, don't show. Don't, I didn't hold say on, hold on. Yeah. Hold on. Hold, 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 
I'm Eddie Murphy and Boomerang. Hope, don't touch me. Hope. I love all of Black Radio. I love all nah, of Black Radio. Nah, because that was that was shout out to Jodine on that. Jodine hit me. Jodine, hey, she hit me. Oh, that's shout right. Shout out to Jodine. She right. hit me because at the time, uh, our keyboard player and MD Zoe, um, Boom. he had Boom. like another gig. He had something to do. It's like the only FE gig he ever ever missed. Gotcha. And gotcha. um, and she was like, "Yo, um, Jodine was like, "Yo, so Robert." Would you mind if he just come up? I was like, Rob, like Rob. She's like, Glass. I was like, Hell yeah! Like, yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah. my nigga. Tell him to come on. And, so from and that, that was it. From sitting in with you, Chrisette saw me. It was like I saw her after. That. I was like, Yo, what's up? What the fuck? She's like, Oh my god! She's like, I was gonna fly back to New York, but it was a storm in New York, really bad. Her, uh, Sandy, Hurricane uh, Sandy or some shit. Hurricane Sandy, yeah. And she was like, I can't fly back to New York. So I'm gonna be here an extra day. What are you doing? I was like, yo, I'm in the studio. Come hang out. Come by. She came by the studio and I handed her a pen and a pad. And I was like, write the second verse. <laughs> so that's literally how all <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah came about. Be- the the two ver- her being on it, because originally it was just yeah, a song yeah. of music. Mm-hmm. But literally came about because I came to sit in with you and Grissette was there. Watch God yeah. work. Yeah, Great connector. Robert look Glasper, the connector. See man. But Black Radio 2. The Bill Withers thing. Bill Withers came to the... So, for a random... For some random reason, Casey, when we set up at the studio, was like, yo, let's do... Let's play Lovely Day for the sound check. And I was like, uh, okay. We literally never played Lovely Day. I'm like, <laughs> okay. What are the changes again? You show me the changes. I'm like, cool. So, we just took... Did one one take down. Lovely Day. Boom. That's literally what you hear on the fucking album, on, on the on the extended version. There's a yeah. Black Radio 2, then there's extended. So anyway, one of the guys there was like, yo, <laughs> I know Bill. I'm going to call him and tell him you did that. I was like, hmm, okay, whatever, cool, sure. <laughs> call Bill. Everybody can call Bill. He called <laughs> Bill, put, put me on the phone with him. He was like, yeah, young man, I wish I could come hear your song, but, uh, you know, I'm feeling a little sick or whatever. I was like, oh, okay, no problem, man. But honor, honor that you even took the time to talk, whatever. Cool. So fast forward the next day. Uh, who was I with? I was in a common in uh, Macy Gray, I think, the next day. And uh, Rosh was writing his rhyme, and he ended up having like a, um, a writer's block in one part. So we were just upstairs chilling, kind of talking shit or whatever. And up, walked up up the stairs, Bill Withers walked in. Wow. He's like, what? Oh. Dude, <laughs> he walks in, and he's like, well, let me hear this song. <laughs> like, oh, shit, okay. So we go to the... Downstairs in the studio, I play him the song. He's like, yeah, I like the song. I like what y'all did with it. Blah, 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 blah. And then talk to us for three hours straight. Stories. Just stories and stories and stories. Got all video, stories, stories, stories. From that, Rashid was sitting behind him with a pen in the pad, writing some of what Bill was writing down, saying. Hell yeah. So Rashid's second verse on I Stand Alone from Black Radio 2 literally is a lot of Bill Withers' words. Oh, you know what I mean, wow. Oh, yeah. no. I'm going to listen to it right after this. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah a lot of his words. He's one of our bucket lists, man. I hate we never got a chance to get him for yeah. your past, man. For the show. I man. really want to deal with this on QLS. So, Rob, are there any, like, is there any, uh, I mean, besides the eventual collaboration album you'll do with your son? Yep, for uh, sure. <laughs> are there any bucket list projects that, you you have yet to you know are you going to do a foray into classical music? Will you? 
You know what? Playing no, I guitar a... and a, I don't know. Like <laughs> I would like to hear a Robert Glasper take on like a Brazilian love affair. Oh uh, my you know, god! No, it's funny though. So, yes. My, my and lady not a is... cover app, not covering right. that, but you know something right. in that you know your own right. shit, right. but just that, right. yeah. like well, the movie, like the movie. My lady, my lady is Cuban. Okay, so I went to Cuba. Hence, we have a kid in yeah. <laughs> went to Cuba. <laughs> uh, she took me. I didn't meet her in Cuba, but she took me to Cuba in November to to see the vibe and. See, Go to see the music, go to clubs and everything. It was so yeah. fucking inspiring, yeah. bro. Like the musicians out there are fucking incredible. Oh, oh you, you got know, to so see like the whole Afro-Cuban I got side to of things. See all of it. All of okay. it. All of it. And I even got cool with Chucho because of that. I've been to Chucho's career and we hung out and mm. played Chucho Valdez and you know what I mean? Like it's crazy. So I want to do like a I w- I definitely want to do a like a uh a, a project like my shit meeting Cuba. You know Ooh. what I mean? Like Remind me of, of Red Hot back in the day. You know, Red Hot. Wow. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I definitely want to do something like that where it brings that 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 sound together because so many people take from Cuban musicians, but you don't see the musicians because the motherfuckers can't come over here. You know right. what I mean? That and part. So, right. That <laughs> part. You know what I mean? That part. So it's like, <laughs> yeah, man. I'm learning so much from her about the culture and everything, and it's so it's so deep and rich and so dope. You know what I mean? So, but also I thought a, a Brazilian one too, bro. Like I want to yeah. do something with Brazilian, just like, Man. you know, the chords in Brazilian music, you just be like, oh, you know, just over the piece. Yeah. Like, my favorite, Bossa Nova. I have so many. Yeah, yeah, I have so many. But I, I have so many projects in my mind that I want to, that I want to, I want to get done. You know what I mean? But, you know, I definitely want to, I want to do an official, like some shit, a, official thing with the roots, a real one. You know what I mean? I've sat in so many years, but I attribute a lot of people asking me, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, where my, where my sensibilities come for playing hip hop and and things like that, how I got into it. Cause I wasn't, I wasn't playing hip hop when I was in Houston. I just started Mm -hmm. playing hip hop until I got to New York and Bilal started taking me to y'all jam sessions. And my first time playing hip hop with a band was with you. You know what I mean? Like, so I got a chance to play with the roots a lot, which trained me in that in that world, and to sit there and watch James Poyser and you know, and watch June, you know what I mean, play, you know what I mean, like them cats and 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 Amir, and that that really trained. That's part of my part of my whole shit. You say nothing but a word. Let's do it. So one hundred percent. And I'm gonna be looking out too, uh, Glass. I'm gonna be hitting you up. Uh, we're in the process. I'm just putting the bug in your ear now, since you're in LA. We're trying to figure out somehow. Uh, trying to write a sketch. For season two of Sherman Showcase, oh, and we shit, want yes. we want you oh, to be oh. we want you to play Thelonious Monk. Of and course, we don't, oh. but, but we don't, <laughs> yeah. but we don't know how yet. Like, so, <laughs> so uh, just it's gonna be let's get ready. ready. <laughs> gonna be, I'm down. Oh, wow. That's it. For Thelonious sure. Monk on Sherman Showcase. <laughs> Yo, can I just uh, a little hmm. suggestion for the Amir uh, Robert Glassford thing? I don't know if you recall Robert, but there was a Roots picnic about uh, what was that? Five, six years ago that you performed at? In the morning. Okay, so you remember telling me, I remember I was talking to you and Marsha, and I asked you, like, you know, what, what would you like as far as this roots picnic? You was like, I would really like to perform when it gets dark outside. People are there. <laughs> I was still right. there. I was so I, mad. Look. I would just like for you to also take this moment. I'm like, when the roots picnic come back outside. They were set, look, they were setting up tables and shit. Like, yeah, <laughs> He performing for the food trucks. Hey, man. <laughs> I was like, God damn, what the for hell? For Robert, even I don't attend my... 
The first roots picnic I ever attended was you the virtual one. You ain't got there yet. That's year. how early it was. That's what it was. <laughs> yeah. No, none of the cats the was there. Hadn't even got none to the of the cats. <laughs> so then everybody sees me like, "Yo, you playing?" I was like, "I had played nine hours earlier." He was there all day, poor baby. I was so there my, all day. So I'm putting long. a mirror on Front Street because I'm like, in a way, too, I don't know how much we've gotten a, a real live, great black radio live wait situation. Minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. But I was just saying, what if we could like recreate something else? Were you not part of the um the joint I did with um Esperanza, or was that not you? Okay, that nope. wasn't you because you See? confirmed it. That was probably Raymond. See. See, I had okay. you on a good on a good path. So back to the roots. Thanks for throwing me under the bus on, <laughs> no. on my own show. Like, <laughs> no, 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 no. This is this is no, no, no. We doing some bonding. Come on, I'm yeah. you. Build this yeah. roots picnic for 2021. Robert Glasper, Ron Hill in the studio first, and then we'll we'll you, you, premiere you know the song at the next roots picnic. Look, and then Mark let's Holenberg get the president out of the office so that way we can <laughs> have a roots picnic. Oh, oh, there you go. Yeah, oh. exactly. There's that. Sorry. Yeah. That part. I just that said part. Two twenty one. I said twenty. All right. Well, let's hope. Right. It, it, it probably would be 22, but yes. 22, <laughs> whatever. I just, I wanted Robert Glasper in the roots. I was just saying. Okay. Boom. Let's do it. Let's go. Yo, Amir, whatever happened to that? Did that thing ever come out that we did in Dallas with the orchestra? You know what? Um, you, you know, it's weird. Shaka's portion made it on YouTube. I don't, I your, your guess is as good as mine. I think. Gotcha. Whoever like underwrote that, like put it out for quarantine entertainment, but that's a good question. No, it yeah. hasn't officially come out, but that so was we did something with Erica too. I think I did a piece with Erica. Yeah, we did, we did uh, Erica, you, Shaka Khan, the roots in the Dallas uh yeah. orchestra. Yeah. yeah, fuck yeah, that was dope. We we did some amazing stuff together. Absolutely. No, it, with yo, dog, you know, you're my favorite. Absolutely. Absolutely, we're gonna do shit together. Let's go. Let us go. Yo, Rob, we thank you for doing Quest thank Up you. Supreme Finals. Finally! Yes. Finally, right. It's like a two-parter. Damn near a two-parter. Yeah, so on behalf of uh, Sugar Steve, Laia, Fontigolo, and yeah. uh, Unpaid Build somewhere, yeah. uh, we also like to give a shout-out to our, our pals at Mazda um, and their glorious uh, CX-30. No, well, thank you very much, Rob. We appreciate it. I appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, for sure. Um, and congratulations 100%. again on your on your daughter, man. I had thank no you. idea. Congratulations. Thank you. What's, her name? What's her name? What's her name? Her, her name is Lola. Oh, Lola. Lola. Riley Lola. Gotcha. Oh, yeah. Nice. Riley, is how old is he, man? Riley's how 11. Riley? He's 11. 11. Damn. Going Damn. on 43. Going on 43, exactly. exactly. <laughs> for sure. All right, for y'all. Sure. This is Quest Love, and we'll see you on the next go round of Quest Love Supreme. See y'all. Boom. Love Supreme is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like when the tailgate party shows up at your house after the big win. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this could sideline your savings. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. 
Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Now playing only in theaters. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroesfilm.com to get tickets now. Hi, it's Sugar Steve from Questlove Supreme. If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So, check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cash back on everyday debit card purchases. That's right, cash back isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cash back. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC.